Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the DigiNovaCast. Before we get stuck into our discussion this week, I really wanted to take the time to just mention some of the real world events that have been happening lately and our just general stance on them. Uh, I am of course referring to the ongoing uh, oppression of Palestine by the Israeli government. Uh, The uh, escalation, things have escalated quite significantly over the last couple of weeks and of course this is a long-standing issue going back decades but uh, as of right now there are real people real families children you know uh, people being impacted and taken from their homes and being injured and in some cases killed by uh, the uh, actions of the israeli government so they need our support you know palestine has no resources or very little resources and they you know they need all the help they can get so we're going to drop a number of different donation links into the episode description. Uh, if you're able to put anything or, or towards these charities, even if it just means sharing their link for a tweet or something, if you're not able to make a monetary donation, that will be much appreciated. And, and I'm sure the people uh, at these charities and, of course, the people of Palestine would appreciate that as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening and uh, we'll get stuck into the, the main podcast itself. Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloane. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today, episode 45, we are starting Digimon Chambers, the moment we have all been waiting for since we've talked about doing this podcast. We're finally here. We this, made is, it. this is the big one, folks. This is, this is what everyone's been waiting for, I think. <laughs> I've been waiting for it. I think so. a, few, a few contrarians aside, I think this is probably the most, like, the most acclaimed series. I think you'd have to look hard to find someone whose favorite season was something other than Tamers. You know, yeah. Who, you know, I mean, you know, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> I, I can, I can think of one listener in particular who will know I'm talking about him. But yes, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. So yes, yes. I, I know. We will, we will leave too, the roasting don't, anonymous. Don't yeah, worry, I won't, we'll I get to Savers. Savers is also very good. I won't. I won't put a target on their head. Don't we? <laughs> I mean, I, when when we were starting this, I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to do Tamers," and everything else will be like whatever. But we'll be talking about Tamers. But going back through Adventure and Zero Two, I really love those, especially looking at them with a more critical eye. So I'm really excited to look at Tamers with a more critical eye, and yeah, as opposed like, to I... just like being like, "Ooh, like shiny Digimon." <laughs> I, I ended up liking Zero Two like way more than I remembered liking it. So. I'm really excited to see if if Tamers gets the same treatment. Yeah, but at the same time, I got frustrated with Zero Two after a point just because of how off the rails the plot got. And I know that, I, I, at least I recall, from, I haven't watched it in a few years, but I recall uh, Tamers being much, much better at having a like concrete plot throughout and and so on so mm-hmm. uh yeah I, it's, it still gets yeah. it still gets off the rails but it's more it's more it's more streamlined in how it does it oh, it makes more sense yeah and we can thank yes. our lord and savior chiaki chiaki jake chanaka for that yes absolutely yeah he he is we, we talked about him a lot before but he's he's the one who wrote the dark ocean episode of zero two and was promised his own arc later on which they were neeked on so he got the privilege of writing this entire season as the the, the lead creative director and uh, yeah, that's why it feels so much more put together, I guess, because he is the first creative director on this show, the first lead writer 
who had the entire season planned out instead of like kind of making it up as they went along. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably worth mentioning that um so uh Chucky J. Kanaka, for anyone who doesn't know, is the um I forget is is that uh, uh, the the writer, I suppose? He may Yeah, he's like, the, the, the writer and, and uh, producer. Yeah, so the writer and producer of uh I'm not I'm not on about Tamers, I'm on about uh, Serial Experiments Lane, uh which is another critically acclaimed anime series. A very a very weird one. Uh and not and I mean that in like in its own sense, not like, you know, the stereotypical anime weird comment. No, this this is a real experiment lane. It's it's very sort of um bizarre <laughs> um and like yeah, it's kind of hard to follow. <laughs> it's the kind of show that dude Rose will chuckle at and be like, what were they on when they were writing this? <laughs> he's also done uh, as I as I learned from a friend, he's done some really like good uh cyberpunk style shows in Bubblegum Crisis twenty forty and Armitage the third, so Dude, dude has range and has clearly like he clearly has chops, and to see these chops in Digimon is really awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting like I, I guess Digimon Tamers and I guess O2 as well um, are kind of interesting um, parts of his like resume, I suppose, because they are like in, in terms of like the branding and whatever, they're far more mainstream, obviously, you know, because it's dealing with a Again, which we've said plenty of times before, this is a children's toy franchise, essentially, to an extent. But, you know, I think Team is, is and the reason why we've been so excited to come back to it, is because it's not really written like that. It's it's kind of written in ways that like both like subvert that and like play into that and also kind of just pay that no mind, which is really, really fun. Like, I, I'm, I don't mean to make it sound like more deeper or whatever than it actually is but like i it does book the trend in a lot of ways when it comes to this type of show this type of anime and you know cross media thing so i really appreciate his involvement in this for for those reasons it really shows definitely yeah absolutely so i think what we should do is start off sort of with our experiences with Digimon Tamers in particular. We've done that with every uh, series so far, and we'll continue to do that even though as we get further along, our experiences with those series will become increasingly thin. <laughs> so uh, who who wants to go first and sort of talking about like sort of their history, like when they watched it, etc., etc., with Digimon Tamers? Uh, I'll go first, if, if sorry. Um, yeah, go, go ahead. I, I'm someone who I experience... As a, as a child, it ended with O2, and it didn't even end with O2 like completing. It ended with O2 like about halfway through because the episodes got harder and harder to find on like airing on TV. Uh, and you know, this wasn't the days of like streaming and so on. I wasn't really spending my pocket money on on like uh, you know Digimon on VHS or whatever. If I even knew where that was sold, it was a case of like you watch it on the Saturday morning cartoons or whatever, or you or you miss it. And uh, and and it was the favorite case. Where after a while, O2 sort of it felt like it started to vanish from the from the airwaves and by the time Tamers came on it was it was a cable only situation it was on satellite tv only um though no chance of seeing it because i didn't have box kids so that was a shame <laughs> and, you know i wonder how i would have received Tamers if i watched it at that age because it's so obviously you know, it's a lot darker it's a lot spookier it's, but it's also a lot, like more grounded so i really wonder how i would have found it at the time but i didn't know um, I kind of saw bits and pieces of it floating around, but the characters all just looked really alien to me because it was so clearly like 
not adventure. Like <laughs> very clearly, new characters, new Digimon, all the all the all the works. So, um, and by the time like they started advertising Frontier, I was very confused. Like, why why are they on a who are these guys? Why is there a train track? What have I missed? <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> Why is everyone getting into Yu-Gi-Oh now? I don't like that. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I eventually watched Tamers in, I want to say 2013. Um, I can't recall how it happened. It was probably discussions with like, um, <laughs> you know, folks like yourselves on, on online. Um, and, you know, people coming back and being like, you know, the Digimon the Digimon show was legit, and I was like, I remember it being pretty good, although I was kind of a dumb kid at the time, so... And then I went back to it, and I was like, oh, bearing in mind, I would have been about 20, 21 at this time. And I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And then I eventually made it to Tamers, and I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's... This is raw. And, you know, I had no idea about any of the, like, twists or so on, or where it went, or the subject material, or anything, so... I got to experience with it with completely fresh eyes and it was a really pleasant surprise, you know? And, um, yeah, that's, so that's when I watched it and I, I rewatched it once, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's just something that it's a, it's a hard thing to commit to a rewatch because a, it's 50 episodes, uh, and B it's, it's very depressing <laughs> at points. Like it is not, I, I don't think it's the lightest, you know, it, it's not like it's, um, you know, The Wire or whatever, or I can't think of anything grimmer than that at this point. But, like, it's 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 not exactly light and breezy. So uh, I'm excited to rewatch it in this in this capacity because I get to take my time with it, <laughs> you know, and pace myself. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my background with it. Um, I'm going to nominate one of you now. <laughs> Scrafty. What's yeah, your experience so, with, with Tamers? Um, much like the previous seasons, because I didn't have, um, I didn't get any channels that the, the show aired on, uh, my experience watching these was mostly from my cousin videotaping them to me and then lending them to me when I visited his place. Because um, he, was, he was one of those people who like would always videotape like every single show he was watching. Like He had like shelves and shelves full of recorded that's VHSs. A, that's awesome. That's an archive right there. I'm not sure if he still does or not, because he, he gave a bunch of them to me, and unfortunately I lost some of them in, in um, where my family moved houses uh, when I was a kid. Um, but I think I think he probably still has some of them. I should ask him next time I see him. But um, yeah, so my first exposure to Tamers was actually in a VHS for, I think it was like the Spider-Man animated show from from the 90s. Nice. And the they, they, that VHS came out in like... 2000 2001 somewhere around there and this, this is um, the show with uh, this, this, this is the show where venom drives a truck and, and honks on the horn yeah and, right? and shocker can't and shocker can't escape from me oh and and um and spider-man oh yeah that's right yeah same thing right, carry on <laughs> yeah so, so at the end of this uh this vhs look back then um every vhs had like a bunch of commercials for other stuff that the distributor had done since this was distributed by fox kids as well the end of the Spider-Man VHS had this promo for Digimon Tamers, which hadn't, to my knowledge, aired in Canada yet. And it was the most exciting thing for Kid Me of all time. <laughs> it was like it yeah, like it, it teased it by by you know using the, the gimmick of oh the you know the previous two seasons of Digimon that you watched? Yeah, those were those were fictional shows within this this season. So 
it's a meta commentary. It's baby's first meta commentary, and I was <laughs> so excited. I was so baby's excited for that. Baby's first Evangelion. And I, I, I bugged my cousin every time I saw him to, to see if he had it yet, and of course he didn't because the show hadn't aired in Canada yet. But when it finally did, he was like, okay, fine, here you go. And I was like over the moon excited, and I loved it. Um, and I don't think I actually saw every episode my first time through because like Tom said, they kind of aired irregularly outside of the United States, so there were some holes in my knowledge, and there were some holes in my experience, but I still loved it so, so much. And then when it eventually uh, got officially released on, on VHS, and then eventually DVD, I went back and rewatched it, and it was kind of solidified as not just like, the best season of Digimon, but one of my favorite anime of, like, of all time, period. The the first time I rewatched it as an adult was when it came out on DVD in, in 2013 as like part of the the complete um, first four seasons box set. And watching that as an adult made me realize, like, yeah, this isn't just like nostalgia. This is just really good. Like, this is just w- one of the best shows ever made. Definitely, <laughs> nice. It's nice. It's nice when the hype pays off. Absolutely, you know. yeah. It's yeah. um, it's it's super super good, and I. I think it's one of those shows that, like, the the older I am when I rewatch it, the more I find to appreciate in it, because it's got a very nuanced depiction of a lot of adult issues and fears. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar to uh, Adventure in that way, and, like, obviously Adventure did deal with, like, heavy topics, but, like, not as much, and, like, sometimes, they weren't always brought up, but, like, Tamers has, like, what if we took those like, like sort of like generational ideas and the like and just grounded them a bit more, but like and just mag- magnified it by a bunch, and that's the back half basically is enjoy depression. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think when I was yeah. younger, this was like the first exposure to the uh, the, the abstract idea of depression <laughs> that I had, because other like shows and media had dealt with that, but they hadn't like depicted it in such a striking manner before yeah so i'm i'm really interested to revisit this again and at the very least like this first episode rewatching it like maybe you realize how how excellent this show is like from the drop so i'm really excited to to get more into it yeah totally that's the you wrote okay so i was probably in like second or third grade i want to say when this came out and as i noted like Adventure Zero Two was like where I really started watching the show, and sorry, like sorry, 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 just just before you carry on, can I give me some context for like second and third grade? How how like old <sighs> would you have been at that time? Because I'm not like as, probably I'm not, not familiar. probably like eight or nine. I want to say like I, I I checked the release date oh, on uh, the wiki, and it was uh, September first, two thousand one. So I would have been like eight at that point. Jesus. So okay. yeah, <laughs> twenty years old this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh but um so yeah uh i was like and like for me like being in america it's a, it's a much different case of like yeah like this was aired every weekend on fox kids and so like me and a lot of my friends would like watch it and then like talk about it and like play digimon on the playground like it was very much like the thing up until like eventually like other anime shows ended up taking over too uh but yeah so this was like the one that i remember very like most two i didn't catch every episode i want to say just like because of like missing it missing a saturday for like one reason or another but i caught just about every show and yeah like it was such a departure from like 
Adventure Zero 2, that it was, like, really kind of wild and, like, how different it is. And, like, there's, like, the parts that you know, and especially because, like, yeah, like, Digimon is a is a fictional franchise in the world of Digimon Tamers, which, first of all, uh, awesome premise. I still think that's an incredible premise and is so cool. But, um, yeah, like, it is just... It really takes, especially as a kid, it takes what you know and sort of, like, turns it on its head right away. And then from there, it just keeps sort of doing that over and over and sort of playing, especially as, like, a young kid, like, playing with your expectations of, like, what you would expect with, like, a show like this. So, and yeah, like, honestly, like, the end of the series is, like, super heavy and, like, rough and a lot. And I recently, I mean, like, I would rewatch it, like, every so often, like, on YouTube before, like you know, the the internet was like, hey, we are not allowing you to watch stuff for free for fun anymore. So we're taking <laughs> all these Digimon episodes off YouTube. Have fun. <laughs> Which was like basically how I rewatched all the shows a bunch in like one weekend, like at a time, like in high school or middle school. It was like, oh, I have a free, I have a three day weekend. Let's just watch all of Digimon Tamers. <laughs> and then it was like, nope, you can't do that anymore. But I most recently rewatched it in 2019 and I, I didn't finish my rewatch completely. I think I stopped, like, episode, like, 47 or something. I don't know why I didn't finish. But I, I just, for one, one reason or another, I just ended up, like, getting busy or distracted. And then was like, okay, like, that was a good, that's a very good show. Because I still thought it was a great show. But I am very excited to sort of take my time with it now and sort of see, like, because, like, back then, had to take your time with it one episode a week. So I'm very excited to sort of get back to that. But, like with an older point of view and, like, a more refined uh, eye for media. So we've all all have pretty diverse experiences with this in terms of, like, how we initially engaged with it. Definitely. And I mean, like, part of that is just from, like, being from three countries slash, like, two different continents. But, like, (laughs) I think it does speak to, like, the greater, like, experience for Digimon, like, where, like, a lot of people do, like, have, like pretty different experiences in how like they come to the show and like come back over the years so tamers like kind of exemplifies that i feel like in a way yeah yeah i, I think it's also that yeah there's the, there's the, like the different way it rolled out around the world and that and and, and also there's just the way that like i think it speaks to a specific, a specific type of character, let's say, uh, a, a sort of uh, a mindset that I think all three of us kind of fall into when it comes to themes of like, you know, um, you know, yeah, the, like it, it, the sense of like, um, there's like a sense of anxiety that runs throughout the show, I think, as well. Um, yeah. I'll, get in, I'll get into that. Even in this first episode, I think that's apparent. So like, I'm happy to, you know, I'll definitely be sticking into, getting stuck into that as the subject that matter. But it's, it's something where also it just... I think it really just helps that, like, Digimon, I feel like, are stronger here than they are in the in the show. Because the, the cast is way more well-rounded. Like, rather than having eight characters, which I think I think Adventure 01 and, and you know, Adventure 02 kind of expanded the cast as, as well, whilst also short, decreasing it. But they kind of had, like, a deal where, like, there was at least one or two characters who felt a bit left out. Yeah. Uh, even if it didn't imp- impact the stop, it didn't stop the show from being great uh, or, or good in the case of photo <laughs> but it didn't like you know there were obviously issues there. I can't say that I maybe, maybe this rewatch will change my mind, but I definitely can't recall the core trio here. Um, you know, Takato, uh, Henry, and uh, Rika. I, I can't recall any of them getting sh- feeling like they're they've been shafted. 
or anything by the plot. Um, maybe, maybe I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll rewatch that and be like, but at the end, like, huh, I wish they'd done more with Rico or something. But I don't think I will. I feel like I remember it being a lot better in that sense. And and there are other characters as well, but they are very much not. You know, they are not part of the gang. Um, they are tertiary characters or secondary characters or what have you. You know, so the three main characters here, it it just gives it a very different dynamic as well, which helps set it apart from adventure and makes it more appealing as a thing to watch as well as you know adventure which is and always will be the flagship <laughs> digimon show yeah like i i think um like like you said like the main trio is very good like even the secondary characters that we see throughout the show like some of them we see here are very good and like even the minor characters are a lot of fun like one of the characters who shows up this episode we'll get more into it once we like start talking about the episode but like that's like one of my like more enjoyed characters like throughout this series just because of like yeah how the character is in comparison to the world at large yeah this season we've got a character voiced by jameson price for the from the drop so my fangirling is going to be <laughs> insufferable wait wait who's your wait who's jameson price in this season again he's, uh, he's john you that's right. Okay, that's right. Ah, uh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's worth saying that, like, I think all the ma- I can't think of a single character in Tamers that makes me think like, like you know, that makes me groan or you know, uh, like oh, Su- God, Susie. Can't, you know, Susie. No, I love Susie. Yeah. She's oh, she's right, just okay. the baby hello kid. May- maybe in the sub. Immediate fight or flight vibes by you saying that, so I can tell this is going to be a contentious thing. <laughs> maybe in the sub I'll, I'll like this is actually my first time watching the tamer sub um ah, so i'll okay. see if she's more she's more bearable there but in in the dub no i reject that she is so annoying she's just a little <laughs> hello kid okay. she's yeah, not in this first not episode. Anything. Not... That's, that's that is exactly why she's so annoying she's not really in this first episode much, so i'll i'll reserve judgment i may end up coming around to the to your way thinking yes crafty i don't remember her being that much of a problem <laughs> Uh, but we'll get. We'll see. She's, we'll she's get not that, that we'll much of a problem, but she's she's one of those characters <laughs> that like her her verbal tick works when she was a background character, but as soon as she becomes a character ah. who gets actual lines, it becomes very grating very fast. No, you're ah, just okay. a hater. And you know, I'm saying this. Uh, I'm glad that I, I prefaced this entire discussion with Tamers is one of my favorite anime of all time, so that when I get really nitpicky with it, people don't think I hate it. It's just I am by nature very critical of the things that I love a lot. I mean- yeah, exactly, and like that's why that's why it's even better because I can't wait to like hear like what you are critical of with the show because it's one of your top animes. Like, and again, that's like why I'm so excited to get to this because like I love this show so much that I can't wait to like really dig into it once we get deeper. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that as well because I remember I, I don't recall binging it per se because um, you know it, it, it's like 50 episodes. I remember watching it in fairly quick succession. However, you know I've not watched it. Like we'll review one episode today. That's not going to be the standard for this for this season. We are probably going to stick to the standard two or three episodes. Um, who knows? Maybe even four if some of them turn out to be a bit thin. But I'd, I'd, I'd you know, it's something where I've not really watched it in this capacity like that, where I'm watching you know two or three a week rather than like two or three a day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know that's exciting. So I get to I get to get stuck into the details of it a bit more, which I think there's more meatier than there is for adventure um which you know that that's not that's not a slam on an adventure by any means whatsoever but you know there's it's just the difference in shows here and um, the thematic mm-hmm. disparity and so on uh, look teams is the better show that's just <laughs> that's just that's just how it be so um yeah 
but no, I I think all the all the characters are really strong. I really like the Digimon in this as well. I think the designs for the new Digimon are all really good, and um, you know, we've we've waxed lyrical about Terriamon Terriamon's appeal before, but uh, you know, Gilmon and Renamon are are really good as well. Um, yeah, Renamon's yeah. especially popular in a certain community on the internet. Oh no, yeah, okay, all right. Well, well, I, I was just thinking about that because I was like, "Do we do we broach that subject?" And then I was thinking, "Okay, we're probably going to have to at some point." It's, and then, yeah, it's you, unavoidable. You can't not talk about it. Yes, yes. Fairy, fairies love Renamon. Uh, oh, that's what you were talking about. I thought you were talking about. A, I can't even like think of a bit. You I can't even think about... of a bit to like make fun of. Like, be like, oh, I thought you were talking <laughs> about McDonald's fans. Like, what? Like, no, what am I even yeah, going to say? That's fine. Next bit. That's fine. No. There's literally there's literally nothing else uh, that you could associate with Renamon other than the I do community. have fun Renamon lore <laughs> and, and the uh, for whenever we get to yeah. it. Not okay. like weird lore, like, that, just like lore. There's, there's lots there's lots of like, obvious mythological like um, you know stuff that Renamon. Oh, it's not even that. It's related to like a, a different dub. So. Oh, okay. I look forward to that. I'm not sure what that means, but I I'm already excited. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. Into, like, I, if not this episode, then like next episode. It's literally the German dub. How did you did you already know this, guessed. or are you like were you just? I just I, oh my god! I just guess. My other thought. My, <laughs> I almost said Brazil, Brazilian dub or something, like the Argentinian dub or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get. To, well, yeah. There's going to be lots of background here. I'm already finding out quite a lot, uh, and this is something that we'll dig into a bit later in the show. But I just wanted to bring it up because it's kind of like nicely coincided with how we're approaching Tamers. Um, so Chiaki Jekinaka is writing uh, his own retrospective of Digimon Tamers because it's the 20th anniversary this year. So again, another nice coincidence is we've uh, we've Chiaki managed to Jekinaka, managed come on to... the Novacast. <laughs> we managed to crack into this at just the right time to like hit the 20th anniversary, which is really nice. Um, so that's cool. Um, and you know, I think they're planning various stuff for the anniversary, mostly on the merch side. If, probably entirely on the merch side. I'm not expecting to see Tamer's Last Evolution or whatever. You know, I, I, that's not going to happen. Um, but oh, and even if, even if it does, I, I'm not sure that I actually need anything like that. But the point is that <laughs> Kanaki's been doing a blog and he's kind of recapping some of the episodes. Now I was really excited because it seemed like a thing he was doing every now and then, and it would be a thing where we could revisit every episode. He's doing those blogs in like he's doing like three per episode so i think there's going to be a point where we overtake him <laughs> which is going to be a shame um we, we will overthrow shiaki kanaka <laughs> we'll it's him, our yeah. show now but I, but I think i'm just i've been looking through them uh looking through the blogs and there's some like, interesting details just on like for example something i wasn't entirely sure about where is this show set and yeah it's set in tokyo but it's set in a different area of tokyo than than adventure it's set in the uh, shinjuku area which honestly yeah. surprised me because I think I didn't get that sense. Like Shinjuku is like the fashion district of Tokyo. I think that's uh, Shibuya. From what I understand. Uh, Shinjuku. I think there's like an overlap. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm working off of my, my like knowledge of like the World Ends review. Because <laughs> so, because uh, you didn't Shibuya. say Persona Five. <laughs> I thought about Persona Five as well, but no, it uh, was my first experience with that. So. Um, uh, oh, and also the new game's coming out soon, so it's it's, it's on the mind. <laughs> um, uh, let's yeah, let's sorry, move the uh, circle that that game is good. Okay, yes, I hope so too. Okay, so Shinjuku is uh, Shinjuku City Special War Tokyo Japan. Thank you, Google. Um, 
And uh, okay, no, I think I think I think I was mixed up with Shibuya. That makes more sense then, because I was gonna say it seemed like the area in this as it's, as it's edited and so on. It never really got that vibe. It just seemed kind of like suburban <laughs> almost for you know for a city. It kind of it has like a very sort of watered da- like uh, not watered down, but like I don't know, like homey vibe more than like yeah adventure. I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's been like it's been like a long time since I was like really weirdly into. Japanese geography and whatever, because <laughs> that was a phrase I went, a phase I went through like the most normal people, and um, I think Shinjuku is called like the skyscraper capital or something or the skyscraper district. So like it's a lot of big buildings and a lot of like restaurants and hotels uh, and apartment buildings, but uh, not as much like quote unquote culture compared to other um, yeah districts. Like it's it's mostly like a downtown kind of. And Tamer spends a lot of time, probably because it's from the perspective of the kids, but like generally, but like, spends a lot of time in like the parks and the and they're like you know the sort of alleyways and so on. Like it's 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 a very sort of it's not a tourist's view of the city. I feel like if that makes sense, like you can mm-hmm. write you can make a show about, for example, New York City, and you're going to show the like. You know, you're gonna show the um, the Empire State Building and the and the and the Statue of Liberty and all this sort of stuff. And whoever made you know the people who were like responsible for like the you know is this a cinematography is that the right word for like an anime? I don't know. Anyway, the the point is is that they wouldn't spare too much time on those sorts of details. I feel like because because if it, if this was set in New York, this is a weird analogy, but I'm trying to get to the heart of like it's not trying to make this city look flashy. It's trying to make it seem like somewhere that people live like it's it's busy there's lots of yeah there is lots of skyscrapers there's there's tall buildings there's lots of shops and so on but it just focuses way more on like the um you know the people living there and like the the public transport and the schools and the parks and that kind of thing like i'm not sure if anyone else picks up the same sort of vibe from the show but it just feels very almost like weirdly cozy <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure how to describe this um yeah yeah no i, I absolutely know how you, what you mean yeah oh, it's like <laughs> it's it's so and like one of my favorite things about um kanaka's development website for this show is like there's a section that's just like location scouting and it's so so cool seeing all the different pictures that they they took of the locations that would end up being written to the show mm-hmm like the the hypnos building is like the it's the Tokyo or the sorry the Shinjuku Opera Tower, okay. And like they just took a real life building and just changed its purpose. And that's I love that kind of stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. Like Takato's house and Takato's school are both in there as being um like little kind of residential areas nestled in this huge you know concrete jungle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If it yeah, it feels like it's in the nooks and crannies of this space rather than like the spectacle of it, which I think you know it, there were. I think Adventure did that a fair bit as well, but you still had things where like Ty lived in a in a tower block essentially, you know, uh, or apartment complex, uh, I guess, um, and that you you saw stuff like the, the like the big sites and so on. So you know the and and the Tokyo Tower and and all this stuff as well. So it was a bit more of a sort of a sightseeing tour whilst still not being, like, completely obsessed with doing that sort of thing during its Odaiba arc and, and, you know, the O2 show and so on. So, um, yeah, it's 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 cosy. It feels cosy. Um, but, yeah, there are, some, there are some use of landmarks, and it generally seems to be to, like, <laughs> add a sense of, like, 
dread or like denote power or something like that like through the use of the yeah where the where the hypnos hq is um which kanaku refers to here in his in his blog actually so yeah it's the the sense of geography in the show is is super good like it feels like it's a lot more thought out and interconnected than previous seasons because like in in seasons one and two characters just kind of like showed up where they needed to show up and you didn't usually show how they (laughs) got there even yeah. just in episode one, there's a lot more of, of characters going from point A to point B with the route between being shown because they did the research and they're going to include that, goddammit. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> and that's, a, that's such a cool aspect of it. Yeah. And there's like meet, there's like various points, like there's the park where they hang out and play Digimon, you know, to play the card game, and then there's the school, and like then they return to the park later on. And I'm trying to think of like places in the real world, like the kids in o2 for example because that was more more set in the real world um that where they'd return to time after time and like there was the computer computer lab and that was it yeah and then they'd meet up in like various spots which makes sense i suppose but it also makes way more sense for kids to have like a a spot they want to hang out at like you know like so the the one shot that was really striking in this first episode was um, when takato runs from the park to school and the camera pans up from the park to show the, the entire route to school just instantly gives you such a good spatial idea Uh of where everything's related which is going to become important in the future episode during the deva arc like the the geography of shinjuku so they they do a really good job of establishing this like right off the bat and giving you a good sense of the the spatial spatial relations between all the the key points in this in this world definitely do we want to dig into the episode there? I feel like we're almost there. We're sort of doing it already. So, um, Scraft, do you want to do you want to take it away with a summary? A summary of the uh, yes, of episode one, of course. Yeah. So this episode opens with this little white goblin thing running from a, a very threatening armored Digimon. This little goblin, even though it's not named yet, is Kalumon. It's going to be a key player in the the story of this season. So we'll get the name out of the way so I can stop calling it a goblin and. He is saved at the last second by a black Tyrannomon, which comes crashing out of nowhere and just like splatters this this armored Digimon all over the floor and absorbs his data before he's sucked through like a hole in the digital world and gets spat out in the real world high in the sky with a big cloud of white mist. Probably worth pointing out that that, that scene you just described is all happening in basically what looks like the Matrix. Like it's yeah, not exactly, the digital yeah. world or, or the real, yeah. It's like it's he's, yeah. he's running on a little motherboard, like he's messing up yeah. all, the, all the components. <laughs> Yeah, this is it's, not like the, like the tropical paradise digital world from seasons one and two. Yeah, this is this is when Homer Simpson gets sucked into the like the three D world in, in that one <laughs> Halloween episode. Like yeah, it looks is, just like that. This is like Tron. This is like nineteen eighty three Tron. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah, yeah. So Kalamon gets sucked out through there. So it's like hovering in the sky, cr- surrounded by uh, this white mist, which is going to be important again later. And then we cut to our protagonist for this season, who in the English dub is named Takato Matsuki. And in the Japanese version, is called Takato Matsuda. I have no idea why they continue to do this thing of changing Japanese characters' names to different Japanese character names. It seems kind of unnecessary to me. But regardless, he is playing the Digimon card game with his good friend Kazu, who is in Japanese named Hirokazu. But since he's mostly referred to by his last name in the in the Japanese version, I do understand this name change because they have to match the lip flaps for his last name, which is only two syllables. So Kazu is what he's called for most of the English dub, and we get the good sense of that they're they're be- they're you know they're pretty much best friends. Takato gloats about being a super genius because he's good at the the card game, and they pack up their stuff and get ready to leave for school. But while Takato's putting his cards away, 
he accidentally drops his his box and out of it comes this really cool shiny new blue card that he's never seen before so he tries swiping it in his card scanner which was a real toy that actually did sell in japan for the card game and it causes it to go haywire spewing out lots of light and electricity and he thinks he's broken it so he just puts everything back in his box and and runs it off to school since he shows up late his teacher, Miss Asagi, who's voiced by Lara Jill Miller, the same voice actor as Kari from Adventure into Adventure Zero Two, forces him to wait out in the hall because he's late, and he spends his time waiting, doodling his <laughs> original character, Do Not Steal, which is this red little uh, kind of dinosaur dragon Digimon that he later decides to call Gilmon. When he's in detention writing his apology essay for being late to class, he is met by his classmate, who is called Jerry Kato in the dub and Judy Kato in the Japanese version. And it's immediately obvious in the sub that he has a bit of a crush on her because of how he talks to her and how he's a bit flustered. In the dub, he seems kind of more bemused at the fact that she's a weird kid, which she definitely is. She has a hand puppet that she talks with occasionally. She's a horse makes... girl. She's more of like a dog girl. Like She makes like well, I mean, puppy sounds got... a lot. She... Horse girl energy. <laughs> is this like TK's horse boy energy from, from Zero Two? Yeah. Okay. The Joey discussion is going to be a long one. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why we got to get started now. <laughs> uh, yeah, if it's, not, if it's not evident, she is going to be a much more important character than it initially seems. Yes. It's, it's weird to think about how this character who's introduced um, yapping with a dog hand puppet ends up being one of the most emotionally complex and um, heartbreaking characters in the entire franchise. But there it is. Yeah. So Takato runs back to the park to grab his cards. And a storm has rolled in and is starting to swirl around really violently. Occasionally we get cuts back to this shadowy organization that's operating in a dark room, doing a lot of creepy computer stuff, talking about wild ones and bioemerging and all kinds of cryptic technobabble. So when Takato opens his box of cards, he finds that his scanner has been transformed into a little silver and red device which he instantly recognizes as a digivice because he is a good fanboy who uh, consumes product and buys lots of trading cards and he grabs his his cards and his new digivice and, and runs on home to the bakery that his, his parents run he goes up to his room and noticing that the digivice says that it's empty and has no data in it he does what all super fans would do and instantly tries to swipe <laughs> his notebook full of oc drawings into it and it initially gets caught but then the pages start feeding through on their own and causing a bunch of electrical crackling and more bright lights coming out. And when it's finally done scanning all the pages, a little red egg appears on the screen. And Takato just intuitively knows this must be his Gilmon finally given form as a digi-egg before he is forced to go away for, for dinner. When he wakes up the next morning, the egg seems to be gone. But in its place, there's kind of like a beacon that's leading him to something. So he, he follows that for a while. And when he gets there, he discovers this, you know, massive white mist. And out of that mist emerges Gilmon himself, which is quite surprising to him. But he's very excited at first until it just vaporizes some rats that are running around off on the side. First episode, we've got Living Creature Death, which is kind of setting the tone for the rest of the season. And it looks like he's about to menace Takato when the episode ends. I also, I was going to mention this before, but I was, I wanted to focus on the main plot. We also do get occasional flashes of the other two main characters of this, this season. So, Takato has a, a very vivid dream that he is watching Rika Nonaka, who is in the Japanese version called Ruki, 
using her partner Digimon, Renamon, this anthropomorphic fox girl, to fight a Lynxmon, which she does in quite brutally efficient fashion. She seems very kind of emotionally disconnected from this. And we also got a cutaway to one Henry Wong, who seems to be preoccupied with some computer stuff while his sister notices this weird phenomenon happening out the window. So this episode kind of introduces our main character and his main partner, and kind of like touches on the other two, but this is very much Takato's episode and Takato's story, so... Um, can I just say, can I say immediately, what a contrast to the first episode of Adventure O2 this is. Yeah. Where they, we have... They make this so much... They make it clear from the drop this is so much more serialized than the previous seasons. Like, there's no Monster <laughs> of the Week, there's no Digivolutions, there's not even, like, really any well, any fights. There's, there's like, that... two v- very protracted, like, knockdown, drag-out, you know, animalistic brawls, and that's it. Yeah, in this episode, yeah, sure. I, I mean, generally speaking, though, I, I think there are definitely Monster of the Week episodes oh, in this show. It's absolutely, not, it's not yeah, the but this is, this is the first season that doesn't begin with a Monster of the Week, though. You know, I mean, uh, one of the okay. arcs is sort of like Monster in a Week in a way, but I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not I, saying I there t- isn't Monster of the Week stuff, but this is the first season that starts entirely with setup and no payoff yet. Okay, which is, okay. I think, a really bold yeah. move, considering how... You know, in both Japan and North America, you want to get kids to keep watching so that they can, you know, buy the merchandise and whatever. And introducing the entire first episode, which is almost entirely based around human drama with only small flashes of, of, of monsters, shows a, yeah. a trust in the audience and a willingness to let things roll a bit more slowly than in previous seasons. Because in season one, you know, we we already had um, all of the, the babies digivolving, or all the entrainings digivolving into the rookie forms. We had, you know, two Kuwagamon fights, we had a bunch of exciting introductions and whatever. In, in Zero Two, we had Davis getting a Vmon and becoming flame drawn. Like, we got a Digivolution in the very first episode. It, like, this feels, like, a lot more deliberate by comparison. And I think it's all the better for it. This is what you can do when you're working off the back of a successful, like, franchise, which which is great. I mean, the, but mainly the thing that sticks out to me when I think back at O2 O2, so the first episode, the first episode of O2 begins with you're introduced, you're reintroduced, I suppose, to TK, who's now older, but the same character essentially. You're introduced to him, and then you meet Davis, and then Ty gets reintroduced as well. So essentially, like it ends the episode with basically saying, they, you know, Davis is the main character, but like you kind of get flip flopped between these various different characters, and it spends a lot of time. And you know, you also get introductions to like Yole and Cody and. Kari's back as well, and you know, I think I think Izzy shows up as well. It's it's very you're introduced to all these characters like in a in a rush and reintroduced to them. And yes, it's a sequel series, so I, that kind of makes sense. But it's so all over the place. And I commented a lot on like the show early on. wasn't quite sure if it, it felt like it needed a, another draft to like put the focus on the right people. This first episode of Tamus has none of that issue. Like it is crystal clear that Takato is the main character of Tamers. And, and I think this is correct. Like, Rico and Henry do have fantastic presence throughout the show. And like I say, I recall them having, you know, good arcs and not getting shafted in terms of how much time spent on them or how much of a character development they have and all that sort of, sort of stuff. But Takato is the main character. Guillaume on the main character as well. And this is a really good introduction to Takato in particular. Like, he comes across... Because he's given the time, I suppose, and like you say, there's the there's the breathing room there, and it's and it's a more slow build. Like they let him come across as this really 
more more nuanced character like uh, one thing scrafty you said when we when you were talking about the um he's playing his card games with kazu and and uh what's the other guy's name what's the and, uh, with, kenta kenta yeah I thought, I thought it was kenta wasn't sure um so yeah kazu and kenta he's playing with them he's playing the card game with them you said they were they're, they're, they're clearly best friends i don't think they are like i i got the sense from takato that like He's kind of a lonely kid. Like he's got friends, but they're not like I think, mega close. Yeah, I think like, Kazu they... is. I think Kazu is his best friend. I don't think that Kazu would consider Takato his best friend. If that makes sense. I guess. Well, yes, it's that kind of relationship, and 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 that comes across because, like, you know, yes, he talks about Digimon being real. So this is, I think, this is something you left out of your synopsis, which is fine. But like, he has the he has the uh, he has the thing happen with his digi- his new Digivice that he randomly gets. Um, he has the dream about. Uh, watching Rika and Venom on fight um, and then he tries to tell it to people the next day and they all think he's crazy and laugh at him which you know understandable response I'm not saying Kazu and Kenta are, are, are out of there or out of line here but they definitely make fun of him in a way that doesn't necessarily imply that they're mega tight so oh, yeah no, a- absolutely yeah I think <laughs> what I love though yeah. is the the immediate contrast between Takato and previous series protagonists. Like in, in the blog, uh, Kanaka talks about how he chose the name Takato for two reasons. First of all, it's the name of someone that he met in college that was very he was very close with, so he wanted to kind of honor him by giving the character this name. But also because um Takato and Daisuke both start with the same character in Japanese, which is like pronounced the same way like Ta or Da or whatever. Oh. Uh, he wanted to continue that naming scheme with Takato. Um, so he that's what he has in common with the other protagonists. What he has, uh, what his difference is that he is so much more sensitive and quiet. This is, he is a very, yeah. you know, slight, very um, kind of meek boy. In the, the in the sub, he they give him like a very very feminine voice as well, like way more so than the previous two protagonists. Um, which is a huge contrast, you know, from from Ty and uh, Davis's. It's very bombastic, like hot-bloodedness. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's entirely like shy or like Joe-like in or in his. Or, but not Joe. I suppose Cody will be a better comparison in that sense. But like, he's not like, you know, he's very. He you can tell that he gets into the things that he cares about. Like, you know, he's obviously very interested in you know playing the Digimon card game and. And, and this is maybe played up a bit more in the dub than than it was intended, but like he's clearly a fan of the anime and so on. Um, like he's clearly um, outgoing in those sorts of senses, but like in terms of like his his life in general and like the friends he has and the kind of things he gets up to. Like Ty, like you see Davis. Davis is on the soccer team and so on. Like and Davis is has no qualms whatsoever. Like you know, basically being like. Hey, Kari, want to make out or whatever? You know, he's he's very he's very outgoing in that sense, even though it's kind of not not entirely earned. Um, and it's it's a sense, and, and yeah, I'm I'm not ignoring any of uh, Davis slash Daisuke's other qualities there. But the the Takato, you don't get that sense of like he's got a lot going on. He just seems like a really ordinary kid who's maybe you know a bit. Yeah, he's he's definitely sensitive and he's definitely. Not not insecure, but he he's just not he's immature in like in like a way that I don't I don't mean it negatively. I mean it like he he is the same he's age as yeah he's the same age as like what Ty and Matt and the rest would have been like when adventure happened, I suppose. But he comes across as like younger because he's just written more 
accurately, I suppose. And there's going to be a point where that changes to an extent. And I suppose it I suppose it changes already by the end of this first episode because he's crawling into like what looks like an old quarry or whatever, <laughs> which, you know, at some, at some point they have to be more adventurous than they probably would be in real life because the plot goes But like he never, you know, he comes across as like way more like grounded, I suppose, you know. He's yeah, not for, a for he's sure. not a hero. He's not a hero, like at least not yet. Like he is. Yeah, a, he's a just, he's a bit he's of a, a dorky boy. kid who who's yeah. very into the stuff that he's into. Yeah, and just in general is is very like he he keeps to himself. Like he's not like shy, but he's not outgoing either. Yeah, he's curious as well. There's like a definite definite sense of curiosity around him, and you know, obviously. Bites, you know, there's a couple of times in this where it bites him in the ass. Like he has to, the thing with the blue card makes him late for makes him makes him late for school. Uh, like uh, tracking down Gilmon makes him face to face with <laughs> with a fire breathing dinosaur, which he immediately realizes was a was a huge mistake. Um, you know, him him freaking out at the end. It it I appreciate that he's like not an idiot <laughs> as well. <laughs> like he's not he's not kind of hot headed and and a dumbass or whatever. Like. He immediately recognizes, oh, this is bad. We, I, this, this thing can kill me when he sees a Gilman. Like he really, he immediately recognizes, he knows a dizzy vice when he sees one, which I'm so glad they did, not just having him be like, what's this do? Even though it looks very similar to the thing he's been seeing in the anime for like the last two years, yeah. you know, and it's 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 nice. I think this is a good point to to make the distinction that the the first two seasons being a fictional work within this season yes. is an invention of the English dub. Yeah, so in in both the, the 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 idea is that Digimon is a franchise in both because obviously he's playing the card game, and I think that's yeah. the, that's the crux of it is that the card game is a thing that was created in the world of Digimon Tamers. Yeah, like the card game and the video game are are products yeah. that you commercial products, but they're not tied that's to any right. like multimedia enterprise. Whereas the dub yeah. explicitly says like when he's designing Gilmon, like I want to make him cooler than Tai Zagumon. Like he they name drop like characters and and, and concepts from the first two seasons. Which I think is more interesting. I have a very important question. Um, do they mention what video games in particular are canon? Because there is going to be a very big issue later on. I am going to complain about endlessly. And <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Because no, take, no. take Tamers never came out in North America, so those just straight up don't exist. No, I, North I, American I, audiences. I, I, met, I met in the um, the sub. Because you mentioned, oh, in the sub, uh, they're just they're just kind of generic virtual pet racing games. Oh, like, okay. I, they're, I, they're not I was like... going to say I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs> this comes yeah, up more. This comes up more when we get to learn a bit more about Henry uh, in the next. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if it's the next episode, but if not, it's probably the one after. But the the deal is that like I think I'm pretty sure you see him like playing a Digimon game on the computer. And I'm, yeah, I don't think there were any Digimon games on the computer. Like it's, it's essentially just a virtual pet game. Steam. On, on computer like it's got the same mechanics of like going you know having to fight a, a procession of enemies that come at you and tr- having to you know swipe in upgrades to to keep your Digimon healthy okay. or strong or whatever because so, i was no, gonna no. say there yeah. is a very big thing that will happen <laughs> later in this series so and I'm, in- i just want everyone to know i am wildly like gesturing with my arms because of how flummoxed this makes me in yeah. terms well, of the setup with the franchise in universe and what happens later on, I am still gesturing because this is how <laughs> just flabbergasted I am. Yeah, it looks slow. Look, the Wonder Swan, just pretend the Wonder Swan doesn't exist in this universe. And, and you, no, and I'm not. I'm. 
I am going nothing, to run nothing with my headcanon that the Wonder Swan completely exists in universe. <laughs> okay, like, we'll you get know that, you know that movie? You know that movie where the, the dude wakes up and the Beatles don't exist anymore? Oh no. If you did that, uh, but like with you woke up and the Wonder Swan doesn't exist, nothing would change. <laughs> it would take you it would take you years to find out. I mean I'd I'd be I like, know. wait, where's that one Klonoa game that doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> Gunpei Yokoi might still be alive. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, there's a butterfly effect and all that. But who knows? Anyway. I can't believe uh, the Wonder Swan killed Gunpei Yokoi. Uh, look, 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 there's a lot of like, there's oh, there's a lot of like really dumb conspiracy theories that are like, I think people are mostly joking, like, in a, in a sort of offensive sense when they when they print them up but there's a lot of rumors about nintendo like hiring someone to bump him off or whatever like there's oh not there's, there's like really, i can't yeah. believe nintendo is actually yeah. the royal family and gunpei Yo- well Poi I mean, was princess diana i think they were thinking of uh the yakuza but you sh- sure let's go with that is, as well. <laughs> is that is that out of pocket um i don't give a shit if you want to make uh, make jokes about the royal family so yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you go for it in my opinion um anywho um yes i i think that the anime change here to make the digimon franchise as the audience knows it a uh, part of the tamish universe uh in what little way it can is is fantastic i think that's just yeah, such a good change it's it's so good presented as just like part of the the overall concept for the universe rather than being a twist or whatever is is great like, yeah. I, and especially I um, for, like, being a kid, like, I think that's, like, the coolest thing. Like, if you're a kid who has just watched Adventure and Adventure Zero Two, and you come in, and, like, you, you've been a mega fan of Digimon for these first two seasons, and then you come in and you see, like, wow, like, it's like, it's like me, it's like they're in the same world as I am. And, like, you're probably doing the same things of, like, making up your own Digimon or being, like, Digi-Armor Energized, uh... Fake Digimon I made up, <laughs> burning burning lizard Dragonmon I think yeah, was one of the yeah. names. Takato, blazing dragon lizard mon or red dino fire mon, which are very funny names. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? It's, it's funny that he says those in the first place. So, it's funnier that he says those and then goes, "Oh, I know, Gilmon." Like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> hang on, where did that come from? <laughs> like, you don't know that word. So, <laughs> like, do you, you so I did. I did some research. I I wanted to answer the age old question of of what Gilmon's name means, and it took me a long time. I had to look through uh, some Japanese Twitter accounts. Is it not Guile? Like, as it's, in it's, you it's have... not apparently. Oh, I just looked it up. I that's this is a lot. I gotta take a lap. According to Watanabe Kenji, who is the the official artist of of uh, a bunch of the uh, the Digimon series, who who did himself design Gilmon, the name comes from the word guilty. Okay, how cool? Because, because it's he's Gilmon's the first protagonist who's a virus type, and he, not, in addition to that, he's also a digital hazard. So, like, he is a Digimon who has been designated as being a major risk of of data data damage and crashing just by existing. Huh. Yeah, I, I that's apparent. So yeah, his I had to look through the the Japanese Twitter because it said it on the wiki, but I didn't believe the wiki because the wiki lies sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to dig through some some Japanese Twitter accounts to find this confirmation. So yeah, he 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 does say that because because he was a virus, I thought that something si- quote unquote sinful would be good. So I used the word guilt. That's pretty good. I I feel like I gotta take a lap for that, but that's pretty good. For <laughs> reference, there are only three rookie Digimon that have digital hazards. Two of them are Gilmons. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. 
That that's I mean yeah, like it's it's very apparent. His design's very striking, Gilmon, because it's like it's very it's 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 like in the same vein as Agumon. Um, you know, it's going back to that sort of design after having Vimon last series as the sort of star of the show, so to speak. Um, and it's but it's like a it's not even like a corruption per se. It's just like. Well, I suppose it is a corruption, but like not in the sense that like you would normally think of that sort of thing. Like, oh, they, you know, they put spikes all over him and painted him black or whatever or something. Like, it's not, it's not like obvious. It's, it's way more of just like a. It's hard for me to even talk about this too much because my perception of Gilmont is is entirely influenced by Tamers, and he's such a lovable, like happy-go-lucky character. But like to look at him, he's just he's a baby. Way, he, yeah, he, he's just a baby. Uh, and to just to look at him, he comes across as way more threatening, just because of like there's the there's the color scheme, the, the red, black, and white. Uh, there's his just general size and proportions are like way more sort of defined than Agumon's were. Like he's yeah, he's, like, he's Agumon's very compact. Sure. Agumon's very like gangly, kind of. Exactly, and and then you also have the giant biohazard sign <laughs> on Agumon's chest. So that kind of that kind of goes a long way to you know. Painting an impression of uh, of what this Digimon is capable of doing, and then you quickly see that, of course, when he does materialize, when he just playfully shoots a ball of plasma at, at these at these rats, um, which uh, may have run away, may have perished, probably perished. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's it's a stark contrast while not being that stark. If you know, it's familiar yet. That's yeah, it's intriguing, I suppose. Um, it's so I, it's, I, I it's like very subverting expectations for the lead characters, um, like partner Digimon, of like literally the episode ends and it's like, oh no, is the Digimon I Frankensteined into existence going to just murder me? Find out next time. <laughs> yeah, like if this was an adventure and it had the same sort of tone and like storytelling, you know, it, the, the same like delivery of the story and so on that that show did. It will be kind of hard to take it that seriously, but the way that this show has kind of like in the first episode, like set his tone, which is a bit more, you know, a bit more down to earth. You know, the character you see the main protagonist get into trouble quite a few times, um, and he's just generally a little bit, you know, a bit more, a bit more lonely and so on. And then you friend it like this, and 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 more importantly, you have Yomon like actually blast a hole in the wall um and it's not just pepper breath it's like an actual like you know real powerful dangerous shot yeah it, it really sets the stage for like oh yeah no this kid could absolutely like get into some deep trouble if not you know will he outright die no of course he won't but like what what might happen is uh is is left uh it's, it's a question that's difficult to answer so it's really yeah it's a fun cliffhanger that's for sure. Yeah, it it, pre- it presents a lot of intrigue in the first episode because, like, obviously yeah. it's, it's a kid making Digimon, so he's like, oh, cool, I'm going to go find my Digimon. But when you think about it, like, that's exactly what it would be like if you were to find a Digimon, like, you willed into existence, basically, is, oh, my God, it's this dinosaur that's just blowing up rats. Is it going to eat me? <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, it's such a good contrast to like uh Adventure and Zero Two, where Coralmon's like, I'm your best friend now, Ty, and Bimon's like, hey buddy, let's let's go eat some snacks together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, there's like in the in the in this first episode, you basically don't know anything about Gilmon yet other than like his like general threat level. <laughs> so, you know, his that's, power that's, level is higher than Agumon's. Yeah. 
it's an interesting thing. I, I I think there's a lot of stuff in this episode that does kind of happen, like it, it will no doubt be explained later on, I'm sure, or or perhaps maybe some stuff gets better explained in like um, a, a companion media, which you know I, I wish things wouldn't do, but you know, that might be the case. I'm thinking specifically about the blue card and and the um, and the way that Takato is actually able to make a Digimon using just yeah pen they and pay, you know they, they do explain it later on yeah yeah they do yeah okay I thought they did there's there's an entire episode about the existential crisis that results from the revelation and how that happens <laughs> okay perfect um I yeah so that's that's the kind of thing where in this moment it feels like we're not used to the show we're not used to Digimon setting up mysteries and this is exactly what this episode is doing. So at first I kind of felt like things are just happening and they're not really, you know, they're kind of, they don't feel like they're being properly, like, explained or or not explained, but like, you know, the, the camera's not staying on them long enough or something like that. You got the sense of, like, they're kind of rushing past these things a little bit too quickly. And But the more I think about it, the more I think it's just, we're not used to mysteries in Digimon. Like, I think the closest we've come to it is, like, um the ape child stuff but even then that became painfully obvious really quickly yeah, yeah. like yeah. and like oikawa showing up eight episodes before he's important yeah i was gonna say like the eighth child stuff and then like sort of like the what are arukenimon and mummymon doing like going to playgrounds and talking to these kids but like that's like more of like a villain thing as opposed to like setting the 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 foundation and like the building bricks for a series-wide like mystery yeah, this is more like at the beginning of a Persona game where like this one thing happens, which is going to get explained in like hour one hundred of the plot. You know, it's, it's, it's like this oh, is hey, more like gas station kind of attendant, thing. I shook your hand and now I'm feeling dizzy. <laughs> Anyways, let me ignore you for the next three hundred hours. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sorry, people who haven't played uh, PS2 RPG from uh, thirteen years ago, but yeah, be anyway. careful of the gas station <laughs> attendant. You don't know what they're up to. <laughs> you don't know what they're up to. <laughs> Um, who could they be? Just, that's um, just a generally good piece of advice. Just, just don't shake hands with the station <laughs> hands. They probably smell like gasoline. Yeah, don't exactly. shake hands with anyone. Don't shake hands with anyone right now. Like you know. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hey, panorama. Yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, ain't that that time, thing then... that that's black and white and eats bamboo? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pandemonium. Um, anywho, um, got him. Where were we? Where were we? What do you think about hypnos? Speaking of mysteries. It's so cool. I love it. It's so cool. I look, I mentioned last year at some point we got a question of what spin-off Digimon game we wanted, and I wanted Digimon uh Hypnos Yakuza spin-off. <laughs> Hypnos is such a neat like thing. It's so like weird and it's so out of like its depths for a kid show of being this like government conspiracy like thing. But it's yeah, so they, cool. They are really weird and it's 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 hard for me to think about hypnos too much without like thinking about what happens to them like later on down the road and like because they just come across as so dorky immediately and i can't tell if like that's based on my perception for like what happens to them later on uh especially with the yamaki character um but like who i guess we're not really introduced to here we just get steve bloom's dorset tones um in the background, yeah, he's he, he's, um, he's introduced very much like he's Tamer's version of the cigarette smoking man from X Files. Yeah, like, exactly. Kind of, just kind yeah, of like yeah. a, a, an ominous dude who's um, hanging it's out, and doing shady things, but we're not going to show you his face or talk about what he is or what his plans are. 
Martin Sheen in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's the say, elusive also. man. Yeah. Yeah, which and then you've the got same, uh, Yoli talking but... about Wild Ones and oh, it's, <laughs> the, the, the intrigue they set up immediately of like telling you nothing sounds like, oh, there's a Wild One bioemerging and it's like, oh, what does any of this mean? Yeah, that, that is Yoli's voice actress, isn't it? It is Yoli's voice. Sounds, I would know. Yeah. As it's, as the as similar, the self-proclaimed yeah. Yoli expert until Ron comes back from a put... podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> sorry. Never under the condition that he's going to talk about Yoli. Is what what I was going for there. <laughs> but the game across is a bit too harsh. Sorry, sorry, Ron. Sorry, sorry. Um. Anyway, uh, yes, Yole in the chair. They're spinning around. Are they spinning around, or is the camera spinning around them? Because both both are funny, but like for different reasons. Like, what what do you what do you think is going on there? I think they're the cameras spinning around them. I think their 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 chairs okay. can move up and down, but not like rotate. I I'm yeah. a big proponent of their chairs are spinning because how else are they going to keep uh, track of those like radars if they can't spin their chairs effectively? <laughs> just play, it's just like fucking soaring from Epcot or whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like soaring over yeah, California. Yeah, it's just oh man, the whole setup is ridiculous. Um, like. Why do they need that stuff? I don't know. Anyway, I feel like a, I feel like so I like it cool. more if it was just like if it was just a row of just like Matt Matt's dads, like you know, like obviously on their like smoking forty packs a day, just be like where is Digimon? Oh, there's Digimon over there! Oh, by the <laughs> by the train station, you know. But having this really sleek setup and the way in the cyber goggles and I don't know, it all just feels like if Elon Musk learned about Digimon and then was like oh! trying to make money off of it, 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 it would look. It would look this immediately. <laughs> no, sorry, I've said it now. I've released it into the world. It's it's bio it's it's bio merged from my from my mouth. <laughs> No, um, which again also a curse. Don't, don't a, say that phrase again. By the way, that's gross. He's gonna create yeah, a Digicoin and then crash it in like a month when he people realize how much of a loser he is again. When he shows up on SNL <laughs> again, that's, that's still the funniest thing I've ever heard. The, the fact that he crashed a cryptocurrency by being painfully unfunny that even his fans hated him. No, he did it on purpose. Like he 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 sold all his shit and then said we're not doing. Bitcoin anymore. We're not. We're not taking no, 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 not, Bitcoin. Not, not Bitcoin. I'm talking about Dogecoin. How like? Oh, I just a couple days after after advocating for Dogecoin, which is a, a cryptocurrency, which is entirely based around that loser's popularity. Um, he oh. made his his infamous SNL appearance, which was so painfully unfunny that not even an hour after the episode aired, his the the price of Dogecoin started to, to plummet and kept plummeting <laughs> for days afterwards. Oh god! Like awesome. There is it is not a coincidence that that happened because when he t- when he talked it up a couple of weeks ago, it surged upwards, and then he, when he was an idiot on live TV, it surged downwards. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you get for dis- disrespecting Wario. Exactly. You know? That's what you get when your wife yeah. thinks that Peach is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, n- no, Peach isn't Italian, but. That would be interesting. Anyway, well, okay, enough about <laughs> fucking Elon Musk. Okay, let's go back to Digimon. You know what, you um, know what I want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I want to give props to uh, Takato's voice actor, Brian Beacock. It's really yes! good. Mr. Mr. Monokuma good. himself. Very, yeah, I was going to say. Ah, right. That's range. Is that range? Because I think that's range. I think that's range. Look, I'd say that's range. That's range. This, 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 voice, this voice, sorry, 
this voice cast in this goddamn show we're talking about is has some of the most range I ever. Like we could talk about Steve Bloom, but Gilman hasn't even said anything yet. But already you've got Steve Bloom here, basically doing his Wolverine slash Spike Spiegel voice um, as as Yamaki, uh, but like a gruffer. You know, it's somewhere in between those two things. Um, and then you've also got him voicing. Uh, he voices uh, Kazu, Kazu, doesn't he? Is it Kazu or Kenta? Uh, he Kenta. Voices? He voices Kenta. He voices Kenta. Yeah, yeah he, vo- he voices Kenta, and what? He wrote, and he's the lead writer for the English dub of the season as well. He, he said, is, he is "I'm wearing, getting all of the money." He's wearing many hats. Yeah, as much as we have, like you know, uh, fanboy angled over. Um, What's a Jeff Nimoy? I can't believe I forgot his name. Jeff Nimoy and Bob Buchholz. Like, and yeah, they did an amazing job on adventure, and I really appreciate their work and enjoy their work on on the latest stuff as well, like uh, Last Evolution Kazuna. I've got to say, Steve Bloom is like the the guy. When I think about the Digimon like adaptation to the West, this man is a titan. Like, he not only brings some like really iconic voices to this show in particular, like Gilmon and so on. And yes, I know he's appeared in, in previous shows. He, he voiced Black War Greymon, didn't he? My, my... Yeah. He, vo- he, he also yeah, voiced, he um, uh, Poromon. Right. Okay. So he, he's, he's worked with the show before, but he came in and said, this is my baby. Essentially. I'm not sure what, how, what the history here is exactly for like why he picked this show up. And I'm sure he's spoken about it in the past. Um, in some capacity, but he came in and just like said, "I'm going to do this justice." It almost, it almost feels like he just happened to get the scripts or like get asked if he wanted to do it after like Jeff and Bob left and they weren't sure who was going to look at who was going to adapt the next series, and he just looked at the scripts and was like, "Back the f off, everyone else. This is mine. This is gold. I want this. I want <laughs> this myself." Like, I mean, the, the man is obviously already big in the anime space anyway because. He was the voice of Spike Spiegel, you know, you, you, from Cowboy Bebop. It's like the anime dub of all time, I would say, is Cowboy Bebop. And that, I know it's, I know it's a very white bread opinion, but god damn it, it's true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and he clearly knew what he was working with here. And, and the dub, I mean, it's crafty, as you, as you tend to do. And, and You've said before you want to do this last, but please don't. It's really good. I really appreciate you continuing to delve into the differences between the dubs and the sub uh, approach to things. Um, Tamers in particular, I've never felt like anything about it was inauthentic in the in the yeah, dub version. Yeah, you'll, you'll notice as... that when I was doing my summary, aside from character names, there's basically no differences. Like, yeah, I'm looking you mentioned Takato and Jerry was the yeah, one like, thing. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes right now, so like... Um, Takato uh, Matsuda becomes Takato uh, Matsuki. Um, yes. Weird, but fine. Okay. R- uh, R- Rika Nonaka is um, Ruki in Japanese. And for Henry, they actually went with authentic Chinese names for his entire family in the in the sub. So instead of being Henry Wong, his name is Jianliang uh, Li, and his sister's name is Xiao Chun Li. So it's those names aside... Like Kazu and Kenta's names don't change at all, aside from Kazu's being uh, shortened a bit. Yeah. Uh, those names aside, there are no significant changes in this episode. Like I'm, I'm looking over all my notes right now. Every single note I have here is about like term changes or name changes or whatever. Yeah. It's that's really interesting. Like I yeah. imagine there were, I imagine there were tweaks for the edit. Um, but like in terms of like runtime and so on. But like I, 
and I'm mainly only thinking that because of the so the DVDs I'm watching. I picked up the DVDs for Tim as a while ago in anticipation of finally getting around to doing it um, and finally cracked them open. Really, really, really nice quality. By for for SD, by the way. Um, no director's commentary about unfortunately. Do they have was... like the do they have like the Disney XD or like uh Jedix logos on like the corner or anything? Like how no, bootleg no, are they? Nothing, nothing like that at all. It's uh, when you boot it up, it's got the uh, it's got the Madhouse, who's just like the distributor. It's got the uh, to- Toei huh. animation, like their like their typical intro uh, thingy. Um, I think I saw that before when I watched uh, when I went to see Dragon Ball Super Broly, um, and other than that. Yeah, it's bang on. It has like the Saban logo at the end, but other than that, there's no, you know, hey, they dubbed it. They get to do that. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's pretty much exactly as it was, as it would have been broadcast, sans any, you know, squashed credits or anything like that. So, yeah, it's really, it's really nice quality. So, it's, um, where was it going with this? Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I get the sense that, like, there's no Japanese audio. So, it's, it's only the English version. Um, which makes sense because they would have made edits in terms of like on-screen language and stuff like that, I imagine. Um, and maybe just tightening it up based on like, you know, time for commercials and so on versus Japanese, you know. Anyway, um, but yeah, other than that, it just it just felt like a like a whole thing. Like you can sort of see the seams of the adventure dubs where they maybe cut things or so on. Nothing like that is apparent in this episode. It, it's it's got so much room to breathe compared to adventures like breaking an edit, like and and yeah, I imagine there's like there's probably still the musical differences, isn't isn't there, Scrafted? Like this this has a new US oh, yeah, soundtrack. Of course, you can the, tell it's the music's different. I, I don't think they actually have the right to the the subs music because this was like a common thing back then. Like that's why the Dragon Ball Z, uh, you know, Bruce Falconer music exists is because they didn't have the rights to the. The original music. Oh, track. oh, at the time, right? Okay, that's interesting. Um, huh? Yeah, that's that's strange. Okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, the Digimon dubs have always tend to have more music anyway than the, than the Japanese versions. So, um, is it still true? Is it still kind of like quiet in the way that Adventure were relative to the US version, or is it is it? it it's a it's a is bit it? quieter, but there there definitely is some music where there wasn't music in the Japanese version, and there's dialogue where there wasn't dialogue as well. Like there's right. one line that kind of stuck, sticks out to me. This is like one of the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. Um, when Takato is passing by the the Metropolitan Building in the dub, he says like there's something weird about that, and the sub he just kind of looks at them and then walks away, like he doesn't make any comment on it. Yeah, I was like kid, like what is so weird about a big tall building? Like, come on, buddy, you're just being you're <laughs> yeah, just being a, yeah. you're being a conspiracy theorist to be a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah, it kind of uh, it kind of maybe yeah <laughs> makes that a bit more obvious than it probably needs to be, but uh, I think it does then like cut to hypnosis like fairly quickly after that. So fair enough. Um, I. Yeah, it's it's like I really like that. Like, I, I that's fantastic, and it is exactly what the show deserves. It's probably also the only way you could like localize this show without completely butchering it uh, is to like stick to the script. Essentially, <laughs> like if you're not going to do that, and I, I know the show does deviate in a number of ways, like from how things are approached in the you in the in the original. Um, thinking about some key events later on in the in the show. Um, that are delivered differently between the sub and the dub that I'm aware of. But other than that, like, the characters... Like, we spoke so much, or I suppose (laughs) Crafty in particular, you spoke so much last last, uh, (laughs) last season about um, Davis and Daisuke. 
how they aren't the same character. They're two different characters. And I think we both, I think we all came to the conclusion at the end that, like, they maybe aren't as separate as we originally entailed, but at the beginning, certainly, they are they are completely different characters. That's what, that's what, scrapped, I still haven't watched the O2 dub, but you were very insistent on that point. Um, and you, you couldn't say the same thing about Takato at, at this point. Like, no, they, they're clearly not, the yeah. same he, character. He's very faithfully um, represented in the dub of, of Tamers. Yeah, which is fantastic. Exactly what I was hoping to <laughs> after O2. So, uh, do you, yeah. you'll, you'll know who voices um, Gilmon in the Japanese version, right? No. It's Granny Goku. Oh! Awesome. Well, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Masako Nozawa herself. She's, she's a very talented voice actor. Um, I think pretty unfairly maligned in some Western circles, considering how impressive her, her range is. Um, yeah. But obviously, yeah, like she hasn't said anything of much yet because um, Gilwan hasn't spoken yet. But she is also the narrator in the Japanese version, so she's had a bit more time to okay to, to talk. Well, that's interesting that she narrates the Japanese version. Uh, we get Davis as a narrator, which is a which is really weird. I suppose that's like maybe one of the bigger changes is that like they have Davis like in character, like narrating. I think it's like a running thing because in, in the dub of the future seasons, like they've got Rika narrating Frontier, Frontier. and I think Michael Rise narrates um, Savers. Yeah, so in 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 O two they had it was mostly Ty, wasn't it? Or, or I'm so it was Ty, and then uh, it switched halfway through. It switched to Dave Mallow using his kind of like his Angelon voice. Okay, that's right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, either way, like there's a, there's a trend of sorts of like a, a major character from the previous series picking it up, but this one's a bit more distinct because it's 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 a different continuity. You know, it's a different like quote unquote universe. So it's, it's just very jarring to hear Davis at the end. Hey guys, oh well, it's a, it's a double meta thing because it's, it's so is like is fictional in their world. And it's also fictional in our world, so it's like a double fictional thing for us watching this show that's fictional, and the people and the, the no. narrator we get is fictional to the people in the show, but it's also fictional to us. See, this is this no, is no, getting ahead of it, things a bit, but it's it, it, it's it's sorry. I was just gonna say this is a really dumb remark. It's fictional in so the world of adventure is fictional in Takato's world, <laughs> but then Takato's world is fictional in. The O2 world, so it's kind of like Dave is watching Tamers and just being like, "Whoa!" And then, and then for some reason, whenever there's whenever there's any reference to Takato, like watching the O2 anime, like David's eye, his eyes just roll into the back of his head, and he just passes out for a few minutes. <laughs> like that's that's the, that's the only way it works. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Scratch. What um, were you gonna say? So uh, this is getting a bit of he- ahead of things, but Brian Donovan actually does show up as a character in Tamers, so maybe it's trying to imply that this is that character narrating. No, it's huh. very clearly Davis. It's it's the Davis <laughs> voice. They credit him as Davis, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's no escaping that. Sorry. Um, it's nice to know that that continues though, because I, I haven't seen I haven't seen Frontier or Savers. Oh, so, you're so yeah. lucky. You I'm, I'm legitimately you jealous of you. It. I'm yeah. We're gonna watch Frontier. Great, that's gonna happen. And I'll put up with whatever that is. I'm excited for Savers. So that's that's my that's my yeah. Uh, same here. Light at the end of the tunnel 
after after this. But right now, I'm just enjoying to enjoy the Hellhammers. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of um, voice actors, I know we got off that topic a little bit, but can we go back to like uh, no, go all of the voice actors who appear in in this first episode? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, sure. so Kazu is 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 a first timer. of Brad McDonald. He this is his first time in the Digimon series. Takato, Brian Beacock. Uh, again, he's a uh, Monokuma, as we all know and love. Uh, uh, Mrs. Saji is of course Lara Jill Miller. Uh, yes. Jerry is uh Bridget Hoffman, who before this voiced uh Yoli in that one episode where Yoli's voice wasn't right. <laughs> Which is very funny, I think, for me, at she, least for me, because I complain about that voice so much. She also yeah, voiced Palamon in uh, Revenge of the Aboro, right? Yeah, and she voiced uh, Noriko Kawada in two of the two specific episodes, which I guess was different. I don't really know because I don't pay attention. Uh, Riley Otori or Reiko Otori, who is the, uh, the lady in the chair, is of course uh, real Yoli. Uh, there's a character named Tali Onodura who is um, like the other woman in the chair, who uh, is Peggy O'Neill, who voiced uh, June Motomiya. So uh-huh. and she also voices uh, Susie in the series too. And she's gonna go on to voice Ranam on the Southern Bell Fish in uh, Frontier. Ah, okay. And then you have Yamaki, of course, uh, Steve Bloom. Uh, Takato's parents are uh, Kirk Thornton and Felice Sampler. So uh, veterans of Digimon. Rika is Melissa Fawn, who first role in um in Digimon, but you know. She has connections to so many other Digimon voice actors. We just uh, Kenta. saw her anyway. We just we, just, we just saw her in Revenge of the Aboramon. <laughs> no, this is this is this, uh, this is her first that. role. I know, I know that. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Oh, I'm just you mean no. you mean the actual? God, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> no, I meant the, I meant the voice actress. I just figured it's the same person. All right, never mind. It's and it's also... not listed on the wiki, so fair you enough. know different, different different actress. Okay, fair enough. Different. Uh, then you have Kenta, of course, uh, blowing my mind, Steve Bloom. Uh, Henry <laughs> is uh, Dave Wittenberg, who first role in Digimon, but he voices a lot of characters this season and next season. And, you know, he's pretty notable. He's done a, he's done plenty. So there is so so far just from these characters, there is a pretty, you know, heavy hitting cast. Yeah, I'm not the best when it comes to names in the anime voice acting space. Like I kind of only know. I kind of only remember like like current names and like big names and so on, but like anyone who's like touched Digimon, I tend to have like the greatest respect for because they usually earn it. Like they usually just like have just really great performances um, throughout these shows. Like yeah, Steve Bloom, like I said, obviously Mona Marshall is an icon as well. Uh, yeah, who's uh, the voice of Izzy? Um, you know. Joshua Seth, who's barely even an anime voice actor anymore, but like you know, he's already great. Like he, he was great in Akira. He's great. He's great as Ty. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'm excited to like get more familiar with the names of the other cast here, like Brian Beacon and so on, because uh, I, I, I don't know them as well as I should. So, so to Sloan, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned Melissa Fawn. You want to know some interesting stuff about Melissa Fawn? Is it the stuff that I already know, and that she's related to Dorothy Fawn? Because I do know uh, that. Not only that, but she's also the the bro- uh, sister of Tom Fawn, who voices Agumon. Wait, she's the sister or sister-in-law? She, so she's, she's Tom Fawn's biological sister. Wait. And Dorothy Elias Fawn, who's married to Tom Fawn's sister-in-law. Who's wait, Dorothy why Fawn? Am I th- wait, why am I thinking that she was... 
Never. I I thought her last name was the same as uh, Dorothy Fawns, but Dorothy Elliot. I'm having a brain fart. It's Friday. I've had a very long week, so I'm going to cut this whole bit out where I didn't realize. Who's Dorothy Fawn? I don't know who that so is. Dor- Dorothy Dor- Elias Fawn is the voice of Lilymon in seasons one and two. And, oh, okay. Uh, and and, uh, and uh, Ty's mom, Yuko. Yeah, and, and she'll go on to voice... Um, uh, the entire uh, Lilamon line in Savers as well. I thought it was like the the way the way you're talking about. It, I thought it was like someone like a like a like a notable like actor actress outside of the world of you know anime. No, it's, <laughs> it's funny Dumps that like someone. I thought it was like a like someone who was in the Golden Girls. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's just funny that like there's there's three different fonts working on this series <laughs> like simultaneously. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah for so. whatever reason, I thought. <laughs> I don't know why I'm th- why I thought this. I'm having a brain fart. It's it's been a long week, so yeah, it's you're, fine. you're right. I was wrong. I can admit that to you sometimes that I was wrong. <laughs> Tom takes good. great so... joy in that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I just, yes, I just I think it's fun. Like imagine going into work to record your 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 children's anime lines and just seeing like half of your family there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family reunion every week you go and record yeah but like <laughs> none of them none of them knew at the time they were just like, oh yeah i'm gonna uh, i've got a new like voice acting gig yeah yeah i, I know some kids show and then they all just like wait why are you going the same way as me <laughs> like oh no we got the same gig i know that's not how anime dubs work Josh, if anyone <laughs> tries to that would be, me and be like, it, that would be really funny though, so I'm, I'm going to headcanon that is how it works <laughs> yeah, they're all in the same room at once. Like, no, that's not that's not how dub works. I know, I know. Um. Anyway, yes, that that's fun. So yeah, a really talented cast. Um, and I feel like uh, while I'm on the subject of like dub stuff, like dub versus sub matters. I think the music in uh, I think I think the opening intro is okay. I still don't think the Digimon theme song is very good. <laughs> Like, especially once I learned about the Japanese music and how extremely high quality that is, and that continues in Tatamas. But uh, the reworking of the Digimon theme song for, like, the dub in this series is good. It's on point. They like, they it, it actively sounds... changed the theme song to, instead of yeah. saying to save the digital world, it's to save and defend the world. And they had which a is, sick guitar which is a, riff. It's a really forced, <laughs> like, lyric. It's a weird lyric, yeah. But like, I, I like, do love, I do love the hard rock uh, instrumentals. I'm pretty sure they changed that one lyric back to the original, like later on too. So it's like they just use it for like a bit while they're in the real world. It's like okay, just change it back. Whatever. Honestly, if they if they make if they change it back to the digital world while they're in the digital world and then change it back again later on, that would be cool. <laughs> so I'll keep I'll keep okay, an ear out I, for I that. I know they change it back while they're in the digital world. But I don't know if they change it back again. So if they do do that, then that's I, I have to actually give them credit for that because that would be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess the lyrics are like more correct this way, and and but they're also correct regardless. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so it's a weird change. Overall, I just like the lyrics. I think without the lyrics, I'd have a much higher opinion of the Digimon theme song in general. Um, but with the lyrics, I'll just trash not like the, the the vocals i suppose it's just a, a really really annoying like it's like a dirge of like a theme tune <laughs> like it's just not great but <laughs> but as, as an yeah as an instrumental it's i think it's much like much much more much much more tolerable i suppose and at, at the very at the very worst and i think there's like 
it is a darker version of it. Like when they were when they were putting it together, you can tell they were like, okay, we're gonna remake the theme song and make it darker and make it make it sound. How, how big of, like... of air quotes did you use for when you said darker? I was kind of just doing like uh, like pretending I was like uh, the executive or you know or the music guy in the room, just being like, yeah, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it like way darker and edgier. And I'm like trying to, I'm, I'm for some reason my hands are like involuntarily throwing themselves around like I'm Fred Durst or something. Um, <laughs> but that's exactly the kind of vibe I get from this theme song. Is like when I think about how it was put together. That said, I like it. I I think it works really well with the with the. Um, uh, the uh, graphics, you know, the like the actual visuals of the opening, um, especially when you have stuff like the like dramatic zoom into the eyes and so on, where which I think comes from like the card slash uh, sequences. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. I think it's better. I think it's also that it when I first saw it for the first time, it took me way off guard. <laughs> so I was like, huh, they did a number to the instrumental part of this song and I'm kind of into it. It's like, um, yeah, it's the guitar. It's like, that. Wow. it's like, it's almost an unfair comparison. Cause like the, the Japanese themes are like all timers. Like they're all so good. Yep. They're all they're so, also, so even good. frontiers is top tier. So. Yeah. Even like frontiers yeah. is amazing. Savers second OP is like one of the best and most exciting I've ever heard. Like obviously a butterfly is a classic targets. Great. Like, yeah, you just can't compete. Like they're just going to look way worse by comparison every single time. Oh that's, yeah. It's no. not their fault. They couldn't help. I want to, I wanted to give like this iteration of the Digimon like theme song. It's due because I think it's by far the best version of it. Even though I still think overall it's not it's not it's not good. Um, now that that's out of the way, yes, uh, the the Tamers continues the trend of the vocal tracks in Digimon being really good, and I think this has more than ever before. Like I think this has more overall because <sighs> we can get into a bit more, but like as of this episode, there's Biggest Dreamer. I, I'm not sure what the uh, the ending song is, and I've always felt the ending songs for Digimon are, are kind of weak to be honest. But the the opening is Biggest Dreamer. And that is that is a fantastic song. Um, yeah, I, I I feel that embeds that embodies like so much of what this the, the, what this series is about. Like it's not as it's not it's not like as exciting a song per se. It's it's a bit more like dramatic, I suppose. But like it's still a really good pop song. Like and and that, and that's exactly what a Digimon show should have as an opening theme. Like it's. Just really, really damn good. It is, yeah. Oh, and all- yeah like we yeah. can't, we can't give enough praise to how good the music in this series is. Yeah. Also, I really like the uh, again the, the graphics, of course, like mostly shared between the the, the dub and sub openings. But um, the graphic at the end with them all like standing, pointing their digivices, and then you have like the crowd of people behind them is such a like a really cool like promise almost for like the show and where it's gonna go it's really it's really interesting like, yeah because especially because yeah. like i don't know like how it is was in like the original because like they updated um like the theme song for like at least for hulu so i don't know but like it's very cool to see like all these characters that you see like just like glimpses of be like oh whoa it's like who's gonna be their partner like can you see them from like the shadows type of thing it's really <laughs> neat yeah, exactly. And also, uh, when you see like the shadows of like the digi- the future Digivolutions, I think that's in the theme song. I think that's really neat too. <laughs> yeah, like, I, love like, it. I love it when they do that stuff. It's it's such a cool, and I kind of wish that like they kept like all of them secret until like they showed them. Because I'm like, 
Yeah, like, yeah. okay, but now you're just showing off, like, War Growlmon and Rapidmon right away. Like, gotta, you gotta yeah. keep that, gotta keep that in, 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 the, in the belt. Gotta I keep that from nationals. I think we've mentioned before that, like, uh, the adventure OPs would update where, like, some of the new Digimon, and it would show, like, Angimon and Angiwomon and so on, like, earlier than it probably should have. Um, for this series, I mean, I mean, of course I've seen it before, so it, it's kind of a weird perspective to talk, talk about it from, but it's I don't care because it's not the point. Like the the Digivolutions, like the new Digimon forms being introduced, they are exciting moments in the show, but like they're not. They could be, you know, they could be weaker in terms of like delivery or something, or you know, maybe one of Gilmon's forms looks a bit crap or something. I don't know. Like you could have had that kind of thing happen, and it wouldn't really matter because that's not what the show is about. Like it's not a shown an anime that relies on like the next power up you know, to, like, string you along or whatever, it's already doing that through the characters and so on, which which yeah. Adventure did as well, by the way. I'm not I'm not saying Adventure didn't do that, but it did lean on stuff like the Metal Greymon, like, episode, like, that was a highlight, for example. And, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the evolutions are presented like a, a hazard in this. Like, they're, they're a dangerous gamble <laughs> that you might not be able to come back from. So... Yeah. I forgot about that. That's a really good point. Like, yeah. it, those, the, I'm excited to get to those episodes. I'm, I'm remembering details about this show now. I'm just getting excited just because there's so much more interesting to talk about <laughs> <laughs> than, uh, yeah, which, which I, I, I did say I enjoyed talking about like Adventure 02 last series because it was messy and that makes for fun discussion. But this is this this show makes for a really good discussion. I, I hope um, because it's just <laughs> there's so much detail to discuss. So like uh, already. You know, we're we're like an hour and yeah. a half in, and we're only only talking about one episode essentially. So yeah, and I mean that that just speaks to the amount of effort uh, Kanaka put into planning this, right? Because he, yeah. he knew where he wanted to go with this from from day one, from day zero maybe even. So like it, yeah. you already feel that sense of planning and that sense of 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 setting things up. Yeah, it's interesting because like he obviously had plans already for the Dark Ocean stuff in O two. And then he obviously, then you know, we we said it before. He got the he got the sort of consolation prize, so to speak, of of being given his own series. Um, and I wonder then at what point, like, how many of these are ideas that like were kept, you know, that he would have used in O2 in some capacity, or how much of this is just completely, you know, hot brand new. Like he just he just he just tore his old notebook up and said, right, I'm starting from scratch. Then if we've got free reign, like. I'm tempted to say that's exactly what happened, but who knows, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. unless he, unless he, unless, you know, unless he brings it up on his blog. <laughs> really fascinating stuff, really. Yeah, and I think one one mark this. We will talk about this later, obviously. Um, of how planned out the show was, was that the arcs flow into each other way better than any other season so far. Yeah, like there is there is no uh, you know middle ground of. Okay, so this arc's over, and now the next arc's about finding out what we need to do next. It's this arc ends with the characters knowing, okay, we have to do this next now. Yeah, it's it's structured very well and like very tight, like, and it's just another point in favor of like, I mean, like, yeah, like a lot. Of, I do like the arcs and like adventure, and but there is like those sort of like like middle ground moments of like say between um 
a file island and server or between server and like uh like myodismon slash uh odaibo where it's like there is these like lulls sort of but tamers just sort of keeps going yeah it's it's a, it's a thing where like you there are there are i can talk about like the diva arc or like the digital world arc or whatever you know or like the you know the the ending arc i suppose but like when i think about when those points cut off i don't actually know like i don't know what well i don't know when one thing ends and another begins because yeah like you say it's just one continuous story for the most part um in the best way like it it is completely a a net positive in every single respect like in the way that the show it was obviously yeah obviously built around that plan like obviously built around that format of like one story there's no there's not going to be a point where they complete their objective and then be like and now what you know (laughs) the show was built from the ground up to support that as we go through i'm curious actually if there's going to be episodes we consider to be filler because you know the episode order is pretty consistent with what we've seen in like the show so like uh adventure and adventure 2 and i would say you know those definitely had a couple of filler episodes at least so i'm interested to see if tamus has that same uh has that happened to it at some point it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest and i don't think it would bother me but does anything come to mind immediately for either of you there are episodes that are going to feel like filler at first but in retrospect will be very important yeah i think like looking at the episode list right now on the wiki it's like a lot of the early episodes feel like i'm not sure if you would say filler or not but like they feel very slow but like it is just like more of like a purposeful build-up to the story as far as i've been able to see it and like i made sure to do the like the the looking at everything to be like, okay, like, um, how, how am I going to group these episodes for, for this and this and this? And so, like, it doesn't really seem like there's much like that. So, I mean, we'll see as we go along, but I don't really, I, I can't really call out immediately, like, what would, what seems like filler to me. Yeah. I mean, I've got a very sort of, like, specific idea of filler because, like, it can still be filler and, like, be a good episode. Like, I think that's fair to yeah. say. Like, Everyone, lo- everyone loves Goku and Piccolo learning how to drive. You know? <laughs> so it's a case of like understanding, you know, if it's a filler episode, but it can still be like, you know, maybe show you a side of Takato you haven't seen before or something like that, but not end up influencing the overall plot. I mean, I'm thinking like there, there are there was like one episode that sort of comes to mind in like the digital world portion, but I wonder if I'm just forgetting vital details from that. Um, it does get to a point where they start to introduce more characters as well, so like there are more things to like flip back and forth between if like you haven't necessarily got anything like major for Takato to do in the moment. Um Yeah. So which I which I think is a good choice. I think it's it's a really smart choice for them to introduce those characters later on. Uh, in more in more detail. Like they've they've introduced them now technically, because we've already seen Jerry, Kazu and Kenta, but um, you know, they become more important. As I think Scrafty mentioned earlier, they become more important as we go on, and and they're used kind of nicely to, you know, make things not feel as, uh, like they're spinning the wheels, I suppose. But yeah, we'll get, I'm interested to see if that if that happens. Um, but yeah, I've not got much to say about this episode. To be honest, I I I, 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 I just want like, I just yeah. want to give a shout out, uh, real quick to one of my favorite like minor characters of this uh particular season and uh Miss Asagi. She has really good moments later on and I just really enjoy like 
the dynamic between like student who's like, "Oh, you don't know what Digimon is. You're so uncool," and she's been like, "I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm old. I'm going home and I'm getting drunk because I'm tired. Like, what, kid? Yeah. Be quiet." He's like, "I pay taxes, kid." Yeah, exactly. Like, I she's a she's a really like like just like sort of not even like foil, but like a contrast to like the kids. And like she has, there like there's a very good moment later on in particular that I that. I really love in this series that she is involved in, and I can't wait to get to that moment because it's very good. But she's she's a she's a fun character just because she's like, "What are you drawing a Halloween costume?" And I was like, "No, it's a Digimon. It's by Cool OC." And it's like, "Oh, I love this. This is so cute." I yeah, I like it. She's not like I was gonna say like Mrs. Krabble or something, but she's not that. She's not like comedy, like you know, like. You know, uh, what's the phrase? Um, not alienated, but like, you know, she's completely just done with it. Like, she's not interested in being a teacher. She just ended up in this role. No, she's clearly like a a decent teacher, presumably. But like, you know, she's yeah, she not she cares, gonna, but she doesn't know gonna... how to connect to the youngins who love their Digimon's. She's not a mentor per se or anything like that. You know, it's very much a job. Yeah, to her, I mean, she's like, an elementary you know, school she's teacher. Not... She's like, I'm not going to see these kids next year. Yeah, she's like, oh, this dumbass kid's, like, scribbling and giving me cheek. Yeah, I'm going to, like, keep him behind for the attention. No, no shit. Um, and, like, make him stand out in the corner or whatever. Um, I like there was a... By the way, I, I noticed a comment about, like, having Takato having to stand out in the hallway. I noticed a comment on uh, Kanaka's blog um, about that. Uh, it was interesting because he said he kind of... He doesn't. He doesn't think that happens anymore. If if I'm understanding the comments correctly, and again, we're using the magical Google Translate, so I may be off the mark here. But his comment basically just seemed to be along the lines of, "I don't think this happens anymore," or like it's it's inappropriate to do now as like as like punishment for kids. But I heard about some kids doing it at the time, and also I never got any complaints for having this in the show, <laughs> which I thought was a really <laughs> funny line of like, well. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. If, if no one said anything weird about it, or, or no one had anything to say about it, then go for it. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was—I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, she's she's a fun character. Yeah, and I I think there's other teachers that get introduced as well, or sort of, and they have some fun interactions. Um, she's like she's the opposite of a, of a of a Fujiyama of like Fujiyama's like the the dumb like joke where it's like haha Ty's gonna tell him about the birds and the bees but it's like Asagi's like a real character which is like really kind of yeah. weird but like very enjoyable Fujiyama I, I want I wish we could have seen way more of him like he Do seemed you? like such a fun honestly he seemed like just for that one interaction with between him and Ty you know too where like Ty has to like walk him off and cast him about the birds and the bees that was such a fun interaction he reminds me a lot of like um you ever seen have you both seen 21 Jump Street the film yes yeah yeah, yeah he reminds he reminds me a lot of like Rob Riggle's character oh in that. the coach in that <laughs> Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Except he's not a drug dealer, obviously. But like, um, he, he kind of gives you us don't, you don't know that. We don't know idiot. that. Well, I suppose so. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know what he taught Ty. Uh, <laughs> after the watch other room, um, I just like that Takato is a actual kid who has to go to class and like you know pay turn up for school on time and you know we see more of him being like an actual school kid than I think we've seen of anyone else besides maybe Joe. And and honestly, we've only ever seen Joe take tests. We've not actually seen him sitting on any lessons. So it's it's like 
it's it's immediately way more realistic and relatable like in that sense like i don't obviously you know that's that those days are well, well long behind me but those i still remember them and i don't recall davis just seemed to go to school to go to the computer yeah like that that's, that's you see them in classical a few times but that's it yeah like i think it's like the first episode we see uh um Davis and Kari in class, and then TK is like, haha, long time no see, and Kari is like, hey, buddy! And, yeah, like, that's really the only time, and, and the Dark Ocean episode, and those are really the only times, like, we see them, like, learn, like, learning, so, like, it is kind of like, like, yeah. the classroom is kind of like a more central part, especially for these early episodes, because of Takato balancing his uh, dinosaur, and also, like, being at school. Yeah, they're not Again, they're not superheroes. They're, or Takato well, is not a superhero, I should say. Like he is a normal kid. I think this is kind of like this is mainly a Takato thing as well. Like I know Henry goes to the school, and but you don't see much of him in that aspect. And and I I, remember, I seem to recall Rika also not really <laughs> being at school. I feel like, but um, but yeah, Takato like being a school kid is a big part of his like character and presence in the world. And like that's that's. That makes him stand out more than it probably should in the like the pantheon of Digimon protagonists, <laughs> if you know what I'm getting at. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, I miss I, I, Joe. I like Misagi. Yeah, you just yeah. had to bring him up, and I miss him already. Okay, you kind of already like there. There are shades of Joe in what we've seen at Takato, um, no, and there no, are shades of no, Joe in, Ken- in Kenta as well. Like Kenta, Kenta wears glasses. He has no, a don't don't you like, dare like insult Joe by bringing like comparing him to Kenta. <laughs> I mean, what, what's wrong with Kenta? Nothing. He's just not Joe. Wow, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah right about Joe. <laughs> Technically, Kenta gets like the most powerful partner Digimon, but he's no Joe. Sorry, I'm just googling Kenta just to remind myself exactly what he looks like, so I can decide whether he does look a lot like Joe. Um, it's, it's it's not really there actually beyond the glasses, um, but it does make me want to ask the two of you like, what do you think about the character design, like the proportions here in Tamers? Because like it's different from Adventure. Everyone's got like I, big heads. See, I don't feel that as much, but like I can't. But I guess I'm not good at that. But I don't really like. I can't tell that as much. Yeah, it feels very similar to me. I mean, like, the characters in Adventure and Adventure Zero Two also, like, more so in Adventure than Zero Two, had very big heads compared to their bodies as well. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Adventure 1 was, like, yeah, that was that was kind of, like, I was going to say deformed, that's not really correct. <laughs> like, they they kind of had a more, yeah, they, they had big heads and, and so on. It was a very sort of, like, typical design. Um this feels a bit softer, I feel like. Like, the characters, like, are drawn, like, a bit rounder, but, like, it kind of gives the sense of, like, they, they've got, like, big heads and small necks and so on. Like, like their heads their heads are wider than their shoulders, like, if that makes sense. Which isn't I, always... Yeah, I am not the right person obviously... to ask. I, can, I cannot tell any of that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm kind of out of my element here as well, but it is something I notice. Uh, and I think I think it's something that carries over to Frontier as well, like the character design for this show. But I think it's I think it's kept together because the Digimon are like drawn basically identically, <laughs> so like they aren't drawn any different whatsoever. So um, yeah, okay, all right, that's fine. If 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 we feel like we're out of our element here, I won't, I won't go into that too much. But I do feel like <laughs> there is a bit of like a softer 
and kind of a bit more stylized look to the characters here and I, I like it it's different it's distinct it makes me know i can look at a screenshot and be like that's tamers that's adventure yeah and you know <laughs> if i ever need to do that for some reason <laughs> so i think i think that's about like it, like we i mean we did cover like some early stuff but like We've definitely squeezed a lot out of this first episode because it's such a good, strong foundation for uh, arguably the best Digimon series. Maybe inarguably, depending on who you ask. So yeah, I I think it's inarguable, but I guess you know, uh, you know, everyone's gonna have their preferences. Uh, and if someone wants to be like Adventures, the best series, hey, I'm not gonna argue with that. You know, if someone wants to go to Bat for Savers, then I, I haven't watched it, so I can't say. I know that Tamers is personally my is my favorite, like heads, heads and shoulders both, and I doubt that will change with this rewatch. I saw someone once compare um, Tamers to being the it's the Metal Gear Solid Two to Savers Metal Gear Rising, and I think that's a pretty apt comparison. Huh, sure, okay. like they cover similar yeah. subject material and similar ideas, but one of them does it in a very grounded like you know, character study, depressing kind of way. And the other one does it in a bombastic, like, balls-to-the-wall, all-out action, we're gonna be incredibly stupid and love it kind of way. I'm excited. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I think, I, I'm not sure what I compare it to. Like, I almost, I made a joke about, like, how it's Bobby's first, like, Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> which I think is kind of, I, I do get, the, I do get there's an Evangelion influence in the show. Um, but I don't think it's that stark, and I, and I think the like the way that things spin out in the end is kind of kind of makes doesn't make the uh, comparison totally work. <laughs> but um, yeah, also there's decidedly less weird shit in the show than there is in Evangelion. So um, yeah, get in yeah, the robot no, to Got him. Yeah, <laughs> no, we already we already made that joke. <laughs> we did that last time. <laughs> yeah, we can't do it again. For some reason, there's, a, there's, a, there's a moratorium on that on that kind of joke. We've, we've used okay. it once. Never okay. again. We don't do running yeah. jokes here. We don't do bits. <laughs> we I do, do bits do all bits. the time. I literally <laughs> have a bit where I say next bit after a bit. <laughs> we, no, that no is bit. literally my bit. No, no bits. Uh, and also, uh, long live Frigimon, the best Digimon ever. Okay. Um, we love you, Frigimon. Dang, it's see? been it's been such a long time since we did that bit. <laughs> Yeah, but guess what? He, it's, still, it's still true. It's still true. Yeah, I miss I, him. It's been 84 years. <laughs> it's been 84 years. Um, do we want to take a break? Or I would like to take a break before we before we. we want I mean, to if you would like to take a break, sure, I can take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. Sure. We'll take a break, 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 and then we will uh, finish this episode off. So we'll be right back. Sounds good. I'd always watch the TV show. I used to play the card game. I even made up my own imaginary Digimon. Then I found the blue card and everything changed. Wait a minute. This is real. Digimon Season 3. Get real. All new. Coming up in a few minutes on Fox Kids. And we're back. We took a little bit of a break because we have been trucking at this episode for a while now. Uh, but we just have a little bit of news before we sort of start closing this out. We're doing things a little out of order this week because we're starting the new series. So we had to shuffle around like what we're going to talk about. 
But we do have some exciting news in that first off, uh, Digimon Fan Fest is, of course, going to be on Odaiba Day this year. And it's going to have a Tamers focus, given that this is the 20-year anniversary of Digimon Tamers. So uh, there's going to be um, 18 performers and one video appearance, and it's going to be centered on the Tamers cast and artists. So yeah, I don't think I there's much info besides that. I doubt it'll even be streamed. It's so it's an it's an in person event, and then some there's some online portion as well. But like, I think the sense is that like it's. I think in the past there's not been much like major that's come from these. I think I think any announcements and so on have happened like elsewhere, like before or after the event, and then you know if there's something if there's something okay. new coming, it will touch on that. I'm sure, but like ultimately these these events are pretty much what they yeah they just they just fan fest so it's a digimon digimon festival i think is is, yeah. is the proper name so um yeah Di- yeah digifest 2021 on odaiba day so yes. yeah well i guess we'll see i i'm not gonna lie i hope it's not like a digimon tamers try or like a digimon tamers colon because just let it rest would, just just let it rest that, please yeah just let it rest it's it's, I, you know it's perfect as is you know, i don't i don't need to see more you know what i would take I would take like a Digimon, like like an RPG or something. I would I would take a video game version. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Maybe 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 a maybe a Digimon um uh, a Digimon Survive. Even <laughs> I'd like to see that too. Um, at some point, you know, if he's coming up. Are we knows? supposed to see more about it in the spring? Like it's almost summer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm just gonna let them get on with it. You know, they they take as much time as they need. It's been a hell of a year. You know, yeah. it's it is what it is, and what it is will hopefully be a, a good game when all said and done. Um, I'd also like to know what's yeah, happening. I, mean, with... I recently saw that blog where one of the developers of Resident Evil Eight talked about how obscenely difficult it was to make that game during COVID. So, like, yeah, like take as much time as you need. Like this, this stuff is hard. I've heard enough yeah. stuff behind the scenes and so on from like all over the place, like both publicly and otherwise, to say like, yeah, it's it's hard out there. You know, it's rough out there. So, um. Yeah, you know, all 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 yeah, respect. Take all the time you need. I we are there. Look, we really. Want... I just hope to one day see. Yeah, we really want this game to happen and like to come out and so on. That we'll... yeah, but but we can also like, you know, that our excitement and like our anticipation isn't mutually exclusive with like being dicks about it. So you know, we're 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 gonna be cool and uh, and I think I think most of the Digimon fans out there as well are the same way. I'm not seeing as much yeah. like. Where is it? Like I'm seeing for like Bayonetta three, for example, or something. That's <laughs> all like Metroid Prime four or these other games, Zelda two, and so on. So what will come so, out? What I, will come out first? Metroid Prime four, Bayonetta three, or Digimon Survive? Place your yeah, bets now. My guess is they all come out on the same day, so we all we all lose, but also simultaneously <laughs> win, but also it's simultaneously di- lose because of all the money. It's a time of day. Woo. I've got a bad enough time that one, that one day in July when both uh, Neo, The Wood Ends With You and, and The Great Ace Attorney yes. Chronicles comes out. That's yeah. going to be a day. Remember your yes. promise. What was huh? what, what promise? Who? <laughs> Just like ages ago. What? I, I made a bunch of people promise me that they would buy Great Ace Attorney if it came out so that we can potentially get a seventh Ace Attorney game. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting Great Ace Attorney. Good. So. Yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. Yeah, Shutakumi. It's it's. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the, you know, it's it's Shutakumi, and it has the best graphics and music in the series. What what could you? What else could you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm there totally. So yeah, that that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd also like to hear about Digimon Story because yeah. look, Cyber Sleuth did stupid well. Like they have been public. I think I'm pretty sure they said publicly the next version of Cyber Sleuth. So the next Digimon Story game is in the works, and they're obviously taking their sweet time in it because they know they can probably give it a decent budget this time. So yeah, uh, I, I hope, I hope that's, that's you know, the dream. Wanna... <laughs> yes, that's the dream. So hopefully they're. Hopefully that's in development, uh, or at least you know is at least in some sort of forward movement happening with that, and and if we can see it sooner rather than later, that'd be cool. Uh, and don't put it on PS5. I want to play it. <laughs> I want to play it, and I'm not buying a PS5. <laughs> Speaking um, of video games, that's all I've got. Yeah, we yes, we have gotten a a new promotional video for Digimon New Century. It is a Chinese mobile game that's going to be coming out. Uh, the video, I only watched part of it because, like, the actual uh, developers talking is not translated, so... <laughs> but but uh, it's been in development for over three years. The digital world of the game will be vast and complex. Uh, the story will have some relation to the anime. Uh, the video looked nice. I don't know what else there is to say about it because there was, like, yeah. no details about the actual game, but... Yeah, this is a Chinese mobile RPG trailer where it's all just like flashy visuals and not and no actual like gameplay footage because the gameplay footage is probably just going to look like you know, Grambling. Your JPEGs, <laughs> yeah, your, your your five star yeah, uh, War Greymon JPEGs summer version. Yeah, probably. This has been developed by Bandai Namco Shanghai at least, okay. which is which. So it's not just like they farmed out the license to someone else, which is like. You know, that happens all the time, but, like... That's a good sign, sort of. Yeah, I guess so. Bandai Namco Shanghai, I think they were the ones who were, like, rumoured to be making Metro Prime 4 before it got (laughs) cancelled. So, you know... That's that's weird. Um, Yeah. I might be... You know, you know what? I think I'm thinking of Singapore, actually. Uh, I think they had a bunch of Citation required. Citation required on that. Citation required. But either way... um, yeah, the Shanghai studio, I don't know what else they've done besides that in the past, but uh, I'm sure this will have a higher budget than other Digimon mobile games. Let's just say that. <laughs> I yeah. think that's the same and the, the song um, in the trailer, which seemed pretty good, is uh, by uh, Ayumi Miyazaki, who did uh, Braveheart. So, oh, nice. You know, they've got they've got that at least. They've got they've got the dude who did Braveheart is did the song for it. So nice. Could it be a good sign? It's a, it's going to be a mobile game, so probably not, so. but it could be a good sign. There are Let decent me roll games. a five-star Jokido summer version. There That's are four gacha want. games. I just, I don't like gacha games in like, you know, in practice or whatever, uh, as a rule, but like, there are good ones. I don't know. So, maybe yeah, I mean, I've never those. really done a gacha game, but if there was a Digimon gacha game and I'd get nice JPEGs of all my favorite anime characters, I'd out of money very quickly. <laughs> all that stim- all that stimmy money would be down the drain immediately. It's now stimmy <laughs> money. Stimmy- oh, episode title. There we go. Got it. Speaking of uh, speaking of pictures of your favorite Digimon character, Sloan, there's some other news, isn't there? Uh, out of, Ch- out of right. China as well. We have announced uh, <laughs> out of China, uh, Chinese game peripheral maker Soundfox is released a line of Digimon Adventure colon controllers for the Switch and PC. 
that feature like neat color combinations of like the the, the crests and like the rookie and in training form of Beast Digimon. They actually look kind of nice. I doubt they are good, but they look very nice. And I I would like the Mimi and the Joe ones. And my friend who I don't like as much gets the Sora one. <laughs> <laughs> There's Harmon one as well. So, you know. Oh, wait, no, that's the same one. Okay, right, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> being I, like, yeah, I like the Gomamon um, one the best. It looks so pretty. The Gomamon one's good. Yeah. Bukumon looks so happy on it. He's just a happy little buddy. Yeah. That's nice. It does look... They, it, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it, it looks fine, but, like... Yeah, it's definitely not worth, like, importing or anything like that, you know. Um, uh, I also want to say uh, Sound Fox. Um, I just want to say uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I think they're extremely good at uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they they're really the good at a, at a lot of fighting games. So you know what? I'm glad they're getting into the uh, the the controller market. Yeah, and you know, they want to. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with this. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What do I know about Sonic Fox? Uh, not that much. Sonic Fox sponsor our podcast. They're good at fighting games. That's all I know. They their first like, suit is very good, is very high quality. Time. They're good, they're good at telling turfs to fuck off. <laughs> so there that's you go. Cool. Um, but hey, yeah, okay, right. Bit, bit dead. Um, bit dead. Yes, those. So yeah. with that, uh, Scrafty, if people want to end up sending us uh, reader mail throughout the season, because this is going to be a pretty wild season, and we're going to get really into it pretty quickly. Uh, where could they send reader mail to? They could send us any reader mail they want to give us to diginovacast at gmail.com. I will repeat, that's D-I-G-I-Novacast at gmail.com. Give us all of your opinions, your theories, your questions, comments, etc. Because we love reading about them. Especially for this season, I feel like we're going to have an excellent time going over everyone's most intimate experiences with um, tamers in general. So Definitely. yeah, please send them in. If you, even if you're not sure if you know it's it's good enough or if it's like in depth enough, we appreciate it every single time. So just go ahead and slap it right into our inbox or slide into our Twitter DMs, which are always open at DigiNovaCast, and we will be happy to help you. Please send us your Without opinions on whether or not the uh, the chairs at Hypno spin around or if it's just the camera spinning around them. We like we like to hear your opinions on that. Send us your thoughts on if you think uh, Susie Wong is a good Hawo kid or a bad Hawo kid. There is no such thing as a good Hawo kid. <laughs> I uh, hey I do a good Hawo kid bit sometimes. Are you saying I'm not good? You, 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 right, you, you do I'm it in not. moderation. You, I don't have to listen to you for forty five episodes. <laughs> Yes, well, you do, actually. You, you have to you listen to me for 45 episodes. You got doing you the Hello Kid bit. If I, oh, that could change. That's my new bit. I'm going to do the Hello Kid voice oh, for the entire season. What have I if done? You start, if you start slandering any more characters, then we, then uh, Sloan may be forced. <laughs> you may force her hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but with that, uh, Scrafty, what have you been up to? Because we've taken a little bit of a break. What have you been up to lately? Uh, I've been up to moving is what I've been up to. I recently moved into a new apartment with my girlfriend, so that's been very exciting, um, a bit harrowing. Obviously, there's a lot of expenses that come with moving into a new apartment, so things have been a little bit um, a little bit tight, but it's all worth it. I'm very happy with the new place. Um, it just feels so nice to 
this is the first time that I've been quote unquote on my own, like with obviously my girlfriend's with me, but this is the first time um since leaving my parents' place like over a decade ago at this point that um I haven't had any any roommates other than my girlfriend, so very, very excited for our new life together. Uh because of that I haven't had a lot of time to like play games or you know, watch a lot of stuff. Um, aside from the stuff that I watched and played uh, while our internet was being set up, because we had, we had to spend about five days in our in our new place before um, the ISP came to set it up, because they had delayed on it twice, very frustratingly. Hell. Hell. Um, hell. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, so that, that sucks. But the good news is, yeah, during that time, we did get to watch some stuff. Um, so I'll make some recommendations now. Uh, Invincible, great series on Amazon Prime. Um, if you are remotely into any kind of superhero stuff or you're just like good voice performances check it out content warning it's very gory it's one of the goriest animated shows i've ever seen if that's a deal breaker for you then yeah stay away but if you can handle that it's super super good um excellent performances excellent story i can't wait for seasons two and three um there's i was a movie just gonna say up. that sounds great maybe i should check it out and then you said gory i'm like okay maybe not <laughs> i can send you a full list of all, all the times there's gore if you want to check it out and just know when to close your eyes Okay, that could that could help. I'll I'll see. I got a lot. Sorry, I wasn't laughing at you, Stone. Sorry, it's just a funny image of you like having a notepad in hand and then like having to like have like the like time running display on the screen at all times or something. Um, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, I wasn't 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 making fun of you. I know gore is. I I have gore limits too. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. So what were you saying before? Who me? I thought, sorry, I thought Tom was, was going to ask something or something. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was, yeah, sorry. Um, I was curious because, like, I've seen The Boys, and I really like that. Um, This is, well, obviously this is animated, but, like, tonally, is it different? I'd or, say it's quite know, is different. It, is, is aside, it different. Aside from the the barest part of the base premise, they're extremely different, different both ideologically and, um, I guess, morally, you would say. Invincible is very much like a a teen coming of age story oh, that okay. just happens to have some of the same subject matter as the boys as as a backdrop. Um, right. Okay, but it's it's a lot less cynical. It's a lot more idealistic, and it's a lot more focused on interpersonal character drama. Whereas the boys is more focused on like its message and like this really grungy like dirty world it's created. Um, right. Okay. Invincible okay. definitely feels a lot less cynical. So it's it's a lot less mean and nasty. So even though like the gore is used, it's used more for shock rather than for like. Whoa! Right. What the boys is, but so it's more like a typical. Well, not typical, but like it's more like what you'd expect from a superhero story, rather than. And, I'd say and, it's and it's like, a bit more than that because it, it it's a lot more. Yeah, more more detail and and like and yeah, that, and it goes to bigger extremes it, and so on. So it does a much better job of examining like, yeah, like if if you were like if Spider Man was real, he would probably be failing school. He would probably have no relationships with anyone outside of his family because you know his schedule and, and duties make it impossible for him to hold down like a girlfriend or whatever. Um, like it's, it's, I don't want to say realistic cause it's still very, like, you know, cartoony and fantastical, but it, it feels like it takes the characters a bit more seriously than most, um, superhero media does. Right. And I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I wasn't expecting to like it. Like I, I didn't watch any of it until it wrapped up, but like it was great time. Really enjoyed it. Um, Another animated thing that I saw recently that was awesome was in the Netflix film The Mitchells vs. the Machines. 
Uh, it's That's so good. It is incredible. It's produced by the same producers as Spider Verse. It's animated partially by the same team who animated Spider Verse. It is just like if you like Spider Verse, you will love this movie. It is phenomenal. Like yeah, and 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 the Lego movie. It definitely draws a lot from that. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I need to like, watch it. I I I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so I watched it about twenty like two weeks ago now. About two weeks ago. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about it ever since. Like it's one of those movies that just sticks in your mind, and you just smile every time you think about it. It's uh, yeah, amazing. same here, same um, here. The art book for it just released a few days ago, so once I, I'm gonna definitely get that once I'm uh, on a bit more stable ground. And uh, yeah, like I'm really looking forward to just seeing all the amazing stuff that went into that movie. Thank God that Netflix saved it, because apparently, originally when it was just being released by um, Sony Pictures in theaters, they kind of forced a lot of artistic liberties on the movie like they 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 weren't weren't allowing the director to have full creative control which is why the the title that they were going to release it under was very generic apparently they cut out some of the humor and some of the um more dramatic parts because they thought it wouldn't be good like appropriate for kids um so i'm very happy that you know serendipitously because of covid um netflix picked it up to distribute it and um restored all of its creative freedom back to the director and writer um, which I think, obviously, I haven't seen the cut that they would have released, but I already know, like, in my heart of hearts, this is a much better film than what would have come out in theaters. That's well interesting. Uh, I was completely under the impression that this was a film that just got, like, you know, it was going to come out, then COVID happened and messed up both schedules, so you wasn't sure what to do with it, but then Netflix came along and said, hey, we'll take this off your hands, and but what other than that, it was pretty much all done. Like, I had no idea there was this sort of sea change because of the Netflix stuff, and... That's, yeah, like yeah, Sony wanted to but release it's, it. It's still a Sony Pictures joint. Yeah, it, it very much is. But they wanted to distribute it under their TriStar um, name with the the name connected as the movie's title, and the director hated that name. <laughs> he really didn't like that as the name for the movie. That's a bad um, name. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, and uh, according to the director's Twitter, anyway, like yeah, like there were there were going to be some changes that he wasn't fond of, and Netflix gave him back the kind of the keys to the kingdom. So. They didn't have to cut anything. The movie is pretty long for an animated movie. Like, it's over two hours, which I don't think I've seen an animated movie since Spider-Verse. But it definitely earns its runtime. And I'm very glad that we got it uh, as it did. And this was, like, obviously a very last-minute change. Because I was just looking on Amazon out of curiosity. And all, like, the children's picture books, like, the junior novelization and the toys and whatever for this movie still have the original title on it. Because it was, like, changed back so close to its release. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. So like it's huh. it's kind of a miracle of of, of serendipitous um, occurrences that we got this movie and that it was as good as it was. So make sure you go out and support it. Watch this movie uh, legally if you can. Um, I hope that even though it's a Netflix movie now, I hope that they release it on Blu-ray at some point because I would love to see this like in 4K on a big screen or something. That, that would be that awesome. does happen. That does happen, especially when it's stuff picked, Netflix is picked up from like other that's produced by other companies and so on. So like um, I think some of the Marvel stuff got released on blu-ray and that like daredevil so it does happen i think castlevania yeah. got blu-ray releases as well so it does happen um i wonder how quickly it'll happen for something like this um but either way yeah, yeah i hope, I, I hope I, it's, I need, I hope I it's pretty soon because i would love to add this one to my collection totally yeah let's, <laughs> let's own it um yeah but yeah i mean i'll, I'll definitely check that out because i want to and i want to watch castlevania anyway so uh netflix resub i think it's i think it's probably about that time um so to speak. So, anything else you've been up to, Scrafty? Uh, not a whole lot. I've been playing some more Monster Hunter. Um, that game's getting another another big content update next week, so I'm very excited for that. 
Um, Ooh, awesome. I've been continuing my Isatari streams with my friend. Uh, we've gotten up to the third game, which is one of my all-time favorite games, so I'm very, very excited to be doing that one now. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I've been playing through uh, Resident Evil 7 with my girlfriend, because I, I had that downloaded through PS Plus, um, so I reinstalled it. We've been going through it in anticipation of Village, because um, we want to get that game uh, eventually and, and play through it, but I've heard that it's more connected to 7 than any other game in the series is connected to its previous game. So I, I figured it'd be good to play through that first so that we get a refresher on all the characters and events of 7 since it's been four years since I played that. Uh, I, that is both correct and also uh, the story in both that game and in 7 are so daft that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, only wa- I'm not playing 8 myself, I'm only watching streams of it, but like I've seen enough of, you know, I've watched 7 before because I'm a big baby and can't play through these games. <laughs> but I will gladly laugh hey, when people get scared by it. Um, yeah, like, and, I, know, uh, I know it doesn't really matter, but I I think it's good going into the game with knowledge of, you know, what happened before in case they referenced, like, you know, the yeah, Evelyn stuff or the Baker incident or whatever, just so that you had that background context. I think right. they, literally, they literally do refer to the Baker incident, <laughs> like, with those yeah, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so yes, yes, but also uh, big big step on me, lady. Uh, haunt you, uh, haunt you in the castle. It's kind of the thing <laughs> with that game. So and, and that's, amongst what, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to the the variety in eight because that's kind of one of the things I loved about seven is that even though most of seven takes place in this one family's house, each of the distinct acts of the game feels so different because of the different locations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so eight, having eight does, eight does way more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. I, I'm really excited to to play through eight and experience all the different you know locales and and bosses and and mechanics. Like I know that there's one area where you know a Mister X type enemy follows you. I know there's one area where you're you're stripped of all your weapons and you have to do like puzzles. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for all the different um, gameplay and environments in that. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, how about you, Tom? What have you been up to? In, in the the weeks since our last podcast, yeah. Well, I haven't moved myself yet, although I'm, I'm in the process. I will be doing it soon, uh, but uh, which is kind of a shame it's not happened yet. But hey, solicitors like to waste it, waste my time and whatever. But there we go. Okay, I'm not going to rant about that. <laughs> um, um, in good news, uh, oh, I got my first job booked in, which is nice uh, for the uh, for the vaccine. Nice. So, that's some good. That's some good news. I managed to get a. What what's, uh, what squad are you no, gonna be a part of? Uh, Pfizer. Yes, Pfizer squad. <laughs> well, I Astra. So there's the AstraZeneca one and Moderna. That one is more. Uh, it's just referred to as AstraZeneca over here. I think it's the Oxford. Like, I don't know whatever. Um, I'm not that clued into it, but uh, basically the advice that AstraZeneca shouldn't be delivered to anyone under like the age of thirty. <laughs> So I was I was booked in for that, and then I was like, uh, I mentioned it to my friend that uh, I was AstraZeneca. He's like, yeah, no, you need to cancel that. You need to cancel that. Like, you need to get the Pfizer one. I was like, oh yeah, right, okay, crap. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm booked in for that uh, for next month. So uh, ahead of schedule, but I had a had a friend who you know um, had the had the connection, so to speak. So I managed to take advantage of that and. And I don't care. Pretty uh, soon, the Novacast will be coming live just... to a city near you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just very, very chuffed about it. So, 
Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, other than that, I have been playing, I've been playing quite a few things. I mean, it's been three weeks, but even then I feel like I've played quite a variety of stuff. Um, as well as just being back on the ring fit in general, which is going well. Um, I have played through all of Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. Oh, that's a love really game. interesting it's, game. It's it's a problematic fave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's problematic in the sense that it's kind of ass to play. Like the actual gameplay yeah, of it. That's is... what I mean. It's it's messy as hell, but it's so profound at the same time. Oh, yeah, I thought it was going to be like Travis Touchdown says a bunch of slurs. No, it, it's like the original in the air, <laughs> and that it kind of sucks to play. But if you can get through that, the story and like characters are so good. Yeah, it's okay. really, it's like a hack. It's like a hack and slash. Generally, top down for the most part. Like it, it's it's very dull, and and it has these it has some annoying enemy designs in it, and it's just not. It doesn't feel very response. Not responsive, but like. There's just not much there in terms of like satisfaction. It's loose. Combat it doesn't feel tight. Yeah, like the original No More Heroes. I've not I've not played two. I need to get on it. I know. Um, the original No More Heroes it wasn't like a combat masterclass either, but it was it was it was decent. Um, and everything I've seen from free looks pretty damn good as well. Uh, this is this is not that. This is this is way more scrappy. But what it is 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 more of just like a delivery for like this weird like pontification of from suda 51 on like his history in games and like his and like you know so the concept of the game is that like travis has a has a weird video game console um which is basically like a weird vr machine type thing and he has to go through all these all these games um and like defeat their protagonists in in mortal kombat essentially um to do something or other. I don't know. Oh no, yeah, sorry. He, yeah, if he if he beats them all, uh, then a genie will grant him a wish. <laughs> Basically, that's the premise of the game. Um, and uh, and there's him, and there's there's the guy called Batman, who was the father of Bad Girl, one of the assassins from the first game. He's um, also voiced by Steve, so, Steve Bloom. Yeah, they're just so voiced by Steve Bloom. Yeah, so that's a thing. There's other characters that show up from the No More Heroes series, and and also other Suda games. <laughs> like, there's so many characters from like, um, you know, like Silver Case and other stuff. I there, there's there's a character named um, Damon Ricciatello, who is in no way supposed to be a stand-in for former EA CEO John Ricciatello. No way, no, not at yeah, all. Th- that's there was a lot. Okay. <laughs> there was a lot of extremely obvious commentary about the development of Shadows of the Damned in there. Um, yeah, um, I would almost say if you played Shadows of the Damned and really liked it, you need to play this game. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's also a lot of like indie game references. Like the original setup for this game made it sound like you will be traveling through like actual indie games. They're not all the games are fictional <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> but um, the um, there is like all these t-shirts you can collect and they're all from indie games so like you can wear a t-shirt from based on Disco Elysium you can wear a t-shirt based on you know Undertale and Nuclear Throne and and uh, there's even one for The Wind Waker that... yeah and, oh, oh, also uh, The Wind Waker yeah and and Siren the, the, the Sony horror game this is the only game where you will find first party Sony stuff and first party Nintendo stuff sitting side by side this this random ass like janky Suda Fifty One game, but hey, hey, that's the kind of weird game it is. It's very it's very like it's full of self commentary, um, commentary rather. It's it's just really cool. 
is really fun in that sense, just because you have no you have no idea what like the characters are gonna say next or like how they're gonna break the fourth wall or whatever and Oh and, and and the music and all that is is fantastic as well, which you'd expect from a No More Heroes thing. So um I got it for cheap, so like the the one with the season pass. Um so um I think it's cool. My, my, I would honestly, even say yeah. The 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 janky gameplay aside, my biggest issue with that game is that it comes with a season pass which includes two extra characters, but you can't play as those characters until you've beaten the super hard post game levels that are DLC. <laughs> Yeah. At which point you don't really have any more content to play. So why why are you unlocking these characters when the game has no more content to offer? Like it's not like anyone's going to want to go back and replay previous levels. Not when the gameplay is that janky. It doesn't really matter either because the characters are basically the same. Like you know, there's like yeah, there's Travis and there's chips and that's it. Yeah, and and also like uh, the area, the like special moves are a little bit different. But yeah, that's, again, it's not the point. It's not the point of the game. And like if you really want to see more of like you know, Shinobu or whatever, just play, just wait for No Heroes 3, or go back and play 2, like, whatever. Anyway, so it's it's really fun, um, in that sense, except for the part where you have to, like, fight enemies, and then it's just like, okay, I'm gonna get through this. <laughs> gonna get through this, like, Lego Star Wars type shit, and <laughs> get, get through, uh, get to what's next. Anyway, I've been playing that, I've been playing Pokemon Snap, which I find really fun. Um, it's Pokemon Snap. I've never played the original, but I think people know what the deal is with that. Um, really fun as a Pokemon fan to go through that and just get surprised by every new thing that you see and just be like, oh, there's, oh, it's, you know, like, hey, suddenly I'm a really big fan of Sandy Don't, Gast don't because... say it. I, I, I haven't, I haven't gotten that far. Don't say it. Right, yeah, I, I forgot to mention I, I actually played that game too um, in the past few weeks, and yeah, like the, the amount of childlike wonder in that game is legitimately impressive. Like just going through a level and going, oh, it's, and then saying the name out loud. Like I, that's something I experienced so many times. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to act, to get to that point where I can have the chance to play more of it because it's so nice so far. But yeah, I'm, I wasn't going to spoil anything. Like, thank you. I appreciate. I am just like I am on a hair trigger when it comes to that. So I was. I, was I don't want to know like, the Pokemon. I, I was just thinking of a really minor example. Uh, but yeah, like the the characters. Okay, so like one from the first level. Like I was already, you know, everyone's been kind of growing in their fondness of of Bidoof, for example. I think that's like a fair thing to say. But this game is like, it's like, oh, Bidoof, Bidoof rocks. Bidoof is cool, and he's super cute, and he's and he's great. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's a cool little dude. Um, Bidoof is real, and like, he's my friend. Yeah, Bidoof is real, and he's my friend. Like, they get, they make me give a shit about, like, Tangrowth. So, <laughs> you know, it's got that kind of expression, which I really wish the mainline games would have, and I think they do sometimes, but not really. And I know it's hard to do in, to the same extent that, like, a scripted experience like this can have. But it's really cool. And also, I think they should do Digimon DLC. It's a Bandai Namco game. They can do it. Make the Digimon Island for Pokemon Snap. <laughs> do it. Do it now. That would, that would be incredible. If you got, if you got um, four-star pictures of every, every Pokemon of the game, then you'll unlock Agumon. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Agumon's, Agumon's just there, but you, you can actually just talk to him. You can just like, hey, can you pose for a photo? And he's like, sure, why not? And then he just like... <laughs> like well, hey, that's way easier. Okay. Um... No, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a little bit frustrating sometimes trying to get like the right shot, and the Pokemon just acts a bit weird. But generally, it's just a chill time. And that's about it um, in terms of stuff that immediately comes to mind. And and I don't want to drag this out too much longer because poor Sloane will have to edit it. So um, Sloane, <laughs> Sloane, what have you been up to? 
So uh, I I haven't been up to much late much playing. I've been up to a lot of watching stuff. Uh, last weekend I showed a friend for the first time who's only seen like a little bit of Digimon media, uh, our war game. Who uh, he tweeted. Uh, let me let me get the tweet because it was uh, a very good uh, indicator of why I love our war game so much. But it was basically um like he he said like I saw Digimon the movie in 240p like. With some of the like finest early uh, late '90s ska, early 2000s ska, <laughs> as the way God intended, and I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly how you need to watch the, the watch our war game." I don't care what you say about the the dub or the sub, but you need to watch it in 240p uh, with the, with the with the silly dub and the um and all the ska. It's the only way yeah, you can did, watch it. Did you want the movies and experience everyone should have? I also think our war game. The original, like the subversion, is an experience everyone should have, and also make them watch Civil yeah. Wars next. <laughs> so you know, I, do that. No, as well. I, 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 no, I was like, I could show you the whole thing, but I was like, uh, but like Digimon, like the first part's kind of inconsequential, like not even in a bad way, but just like you don't really like need it. And I was like, I am not going to subject you to a hurricane touchdown. So we just watched uh, our war game. And ever since, we've been making jokes about Izzy not being a real gamer because he left the room to poop, so... (laughs) Oh, well, okay. I'm glad our discussion didn't go there. I'm glad we didn't have that discussion on the podcast. This doesn't count. Yeah. Because we're ending it. Uh, Yeah, but uh, other than that, I've been watching... uh, I've been going back to a Sailor Moon rewatch. I'm on Sailor Moon R, so that's been good. Um, I started Utena last night. Utena's very good. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. Um, I started the new DuckTales. I'm only a few episodes in. That's really good. And I started, I'm, I'm like three seasons into Star vs. the Forces of Evil. So I'm watching a lot of Magical Girl shows. I wonder why. But you know <laughs> what? They're all, they've all been very good in their own, like in different ways. So I've really been enjoying like just like sort of not playing so much, but like watching a bunch of different shows that are all sort of the same like genre basis but like they all take it in like very radically different directions so it's it's been fun it's been a lot of fun to just sort of sit back and be like hey i just i'm gonna watch this one magical girl show okay now i'm gonna watch this other now i'm gonna watch this other so there's a lot to go off so yeah you're gonna have you're gonna have your hands full yeah yeah utena definitely seems like your kind of yeah, Stop. Utena <laughs> so. is so good. It's also very dark and very depressing. And like, yeah, a lot of people, I see a lot of people recommending it as like a soft lesbian anime. It's like, no, no, no. I'm only I am only two episodes in, and no, it's really not like. But the one thing I like about it, I think I tweeted it last night, was like, yeah, like so far it's like really cranked up the aesthetic, but without like sacrificing any substance or quality. Which, yeah, I I think I saw thirty seven episodes left to go, but I think it's going to be strong. Like. Sailor Moon, of course, is very good, but it's it's so drastically different. And then Star vs. the Forces of Evil is is a, is a is a Western Disney take on it, but like it's good in its own way, and I've been enjoying it. So, like I I, I haven't th- seen that one yet, but for the pettiest reason ever, I just I can't stand the theme song <laughs> for for Star. Yeah. Oh, I've 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 been singing it like every morning, like it's stuck I, in my head. I know it's a weird a weird hang up to have, but like. It, it irritates me a lot. I don't know why. That's <laughs> I can't valid. I, it. I think if you I can can't. hit skip intro, I would recommend. It's it is very <laughs> like uh like episode of the week at first, but like by the end of the first season and like the second season, like the story does get pretty fun. Like pretty like it does 
for okay for a Disney show, it gets quote unquote dark. So I've I've been really enjoying uh, yeah. it more than I that thought seems, I would. That seems to be a problem they're having with their animated shows. At least that's what they would describe it as as a problem. I don't know if you saw the news about Amphibia, which was the other Disney show. Um, basically, having its ending had it, basically had its finale like yanked off the air essentially because like it's what the, it's uh... a lot dark. It's a lot darker than like what you'd expect a Disney animated show to have to be. And they found out about it and were like, well, we're not airing that. <laughs> and then it was like, and then everyone, all the all the animators and someone were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, no way. That's messed up. Um, so just just Disney being, like, like people talk about like how the MCU is the death of the like universe or whatever. And it's like, look, there are actual things Disney are doing that you could get actually mad about other than the fact that you have to hear about a Disney Plus show. I know those problems are kind yeah. of linked in some fashion, but like, you're not doing it right. <laughs> like, like, you want to complain yeah. about Disney? Here you go. Here's the thing to do that about. Don't just spend all your time whinging because, like, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. The point. My point yeah, is, clear, it, so. it is more than a little bit hypocritical. Like Disney's willing to host content and includes, you know, someone bloodily beating someone to death with a blunt object. But if a cartoon <laughs> gets a little bit dark, that's not okay. Yeah, or just like, you know, the, the like the Disney Plus, maybe this is just for the European versions or whatever, but like, hey, I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance on Disney Plus. <laughs> like, um, you know, over the last few movie weeks. movie that has Bruce Willis standing around with a sign that has a, an obscenity on it. Yep. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was thinking about, like, you know, just like throats getting caught or whatever. But like, yeah, the. the yes. Oh, yeah, the, the, the dude <laughs> that just scene in the beginning. cable. Yeah, that scene at the beginning. Like holy crap! Oh yeah, I watched Con Air as well, where like a, a subplot is about Danny Trejo oh. trying to do stuff with a woman. Like you know, that. By the way, I, I thought Con Air was fantastic, but like the, my point is, is that um, this is not. Yeah, they, they, they are just way uh, out of line when it comes to this sort of stuff, and and uh, yeah, people don't even seem to pay attention. So, hey ho, hey. Media Monopoly. Yeah. Great. Awesome. That's That's been what I've been up to. Watch uh, Maho Shoujo stuff because, you know what, it's a very <laughs> varied genre and it's all very good and because I'm working on my own uh, Maho Shoujo stuff. So, you know, look, get into the genre and then get into the cre- stuff I create. That's, yeah. That's all. Good luck with that, by the way. Like your, Thank your, you. twine, your twine dev. I know what it's talking about. Yeah, I, I, that's a different project, but uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm working on stuff again also, and it's very nice to work on stuff, except for when you get stuck, and then it sucks, and I hate it. So <laughs> computers okay. are fake. But um, are fake. that's about all we have for this week. We've gone a little while, but you know what? We had a break, so we wanted to go all in on this episode. Um, next week we are going to be covering episodes two through four, so we're like really cranking it up uh, for the beginning here. Uh, but until then, this has been the Novacast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.